0: <laughs> the, yes.
1: the nerd in me is like geeking out over this whole little setup
0: it is the the project is uh, is bigger and better now than ever before and we're rolling so welcome back welcome to the second episode yeah yeah of Melomaniacs. uh my name is mike i am sean sean's here and we have a third guest yeah uh, my name is frank
2: yeah um big music fan and uh very taken back by the whole the setup we got here. This is all this kind of is this your nerd first city. time down here? Yes. Yeah, this is oh, my first okay. time down in the, uh, the Sound, sound Palace. Sound yeah. yeah, but yeah, I've always been a music fan. Uh, I think I think the the biggest crossroad in my life was like second grade. My mom, uh, I used to get like five dollars a week allowance for like taking out the trash or something. Mm-hmm. So like four weeks came by, I had twenty bucks, and I was like. I'm gonna go get the new Eminem CD because <laughs> <laughs> they sell it edited at Walmart. How old were you? that I was like second grade, so I guess I was like, oh wow, right wow. around like ten, Seven, eleven, maybe. Nah, not that young. Uh, maybe, but it was it was young. Like, like just,
1: I, I just failed out of college the first yeah. time.
2: I think. Like when the Eminem CD. I was listening to a lot of TRL <laughs> and like watching like the videos. Oh. So nice. we get the CD and it's like. I think it was like 12 bucks it was on sale so I'm like great I get the CD and I can get Dairy Queen like this is like which one? it was uh the Marshall Mathers outfit. Marshall Mathers yeah. so we went to like Walmart down in like Maryland because we lived in uh, Lincoln University right? and like 10 minutes in the road, my mom's like alright let's listen to it and I'm like oh no and like the first song he's just like I'm going to kill my mom. I'm going to uh, kill yeah. my wife. Yeah. If
1: there's like the worst <coughs> album that you could play for your With parents, your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Any Eminem album yeah. is pretty much. So great.
2: she ejects yeah. it.
0: She's like, we're going back. But that one really, that one starts out. Yeah. Really oh, kicker. yeah. That, yeah. One, that one just yeah. puts She's like, like, what's that?
2: He's, up. Oh, he's putting the mom in the trunk. Okay, great. Right, <laughs> right. So I went back and got Edom of the State by Blink-182. Oh, I love that album. And that was like. My mom was like, this is good, but when we get home, we're going to take some magic marker and put it over the nurse's bra so you can't see it. What was her name? What was the porn star? She was a porn star. Yeah. She held up. She did. Yeah. But I think that was like the, it could have went one way or the other. And I went towards, you know, like the rock and I got into like these like older punk bands that kind of were like Blink-182 inspiring. uh, Right. Like. Even Green Day at the time, like, for a second grader right. was some pretty heavy stuff. And then that kind of led to, like, even, like, The Clash and The Ramones and listening to, like, older stuff like that. So from an early age, it was, like, and my parents were big music fans. Like, my mom's favorite band is The Pretenders, my dad's favorite band is The Rolling Stones. So, like, all I was listening to was MGK growing up. And then I had this newer influence in my life. So I just kind of became, like, destined to kind of fill in the blanks in between and from there, I just started listening to, you know, more of that rock and roll and, like, modern rock, I guess you would say. And then almost, I think by probably by, like, middle school, I was starting to become, like, a little bit of a snob, even. Like, I remember a kid on my bus had a, 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 a cool shirt with, like, a bicycle, and it said brand new on it. And I was like, I want to go get that shirt online. Let me look up this brand new clothing company online. I'm like, oh, this is the band. No, who's the band? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like, I started listening to the brand new Sick and like, of Gloria. yeah, and like, I'm like the only kid like bumping like Deja and Tendu at wrestling practice, yeah. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> brand new is good shit. I always had like, you know, kind of a niche thing where I was the only one of my friend group that was listening to like a little bit more obscure music, and like my friends would be listening to like. Like, all my mixed CDs growing up, like, in my car would have, like, a Lil Wayne song on it, mm-hmm. and then, like, a couple, like, popular songs, and it would be, like, Manchester Orchestra. Right. So, it was, like, I always kind of <laughs> just were, had this, like, eclectic. obscure, yeah. yeah. But it was cool because my friends would be, like, all right, I, like, let's listen to a Millie by Lil Wayne, and then we'll get into this, like, eight-minute ballad by Manchester Orchestra. Oh, man. So yeah, my friends never really knew what they were getting when they got into the car with me. Same here. Yeah, Same here.
0: that's good though. You keep them guessing. You yeah, keep it, you keep it fresh too. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then you have younger siblings, which is always fun to kind of push on to. Like my younger sister has a huge vinyl collection, but I don't have a vinyl collection. But I'm like, every Christmas or birthday, it's like one for you, one for me, and one for both of us. So it's <laughs> like you get like, you get Taylor Swift. And then you get like the Ryan Adams cover of Taylor Swift, and then you get the National.
1: Like, actually, the Ryan Adams cover of her album, that entire 1984 yeah. by Ryan Adams, is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it's really good. And I hate Taylor Swift, and I hate Ryan Adams, but I I'm love, like, <laughs> I, See,
1: all right, I love Ryan Adams. I'm a huge Ryan Adams fan. So it was like when I saw that, I was like, oh no, he fucking sold out. You know, he's like, covering Taylor Swift. Right. Taylor Swift. And then I listened to it and I was like, Oh my god, it's really fucking good. Like it's really
2: good. And then Father John Misty came out with uh <laughs> the the Ryan Adams cover of the Taylor Swift cover in the style of the Velvet Underground. Uh, which was yeah, yeah. so Yeah,
1: I never really got into him much. I, I somebody that I have to like still delve into Father John Misty. Father
2: John Misty is like like the David Bowie of in my mind, I'm like he's like the David Bowie of our time with a complete disdain for like modern technology or any like modern like media or anything. Bold statement. But yeah, hopefully. I guess that is a little bit. Of, but the uh, I could see him as a similar like solo artist figurehead. What like that we look back on and say like, all right, there was something there that set him aside from some of the other things that were going on in that time. Yeah, because like, he what tips toes into the mainstream, but at the same bad. time, he's the singer from Fleet Foxes, so it's like. Is he's, he? Yeah. So he's the singer from Fleet yeah. Foxes. Yeah, he's the singer from Fleet Foxes that, that went into a that. total like, almost like pop, spacey kind of trippy right. modern rock. So, I like Fleet Foxes. Yeah. It's a very different scene from Fleet Foxes' The Father John Misty. It's very right. like, very concepty and very, Right. I would reckon, I would re- highly recommend it because when I first heard yeah, I about it. I went more into it. I was like, "This guy's gonna stink," and then I started listening <laughs> to it. I heard he was like on Saturday Night Live, and then he was I winning all these I never Grammys put that together,
1: like the voices, because yeah, a pretty, dis- pretty distinct voice.
2: Yeah, and I was just like, I don't. It was almost like this, like too many other people already know, about this guy, and I don't want to. And then I got into it and like kind of put my like ego aside. Do you know and I was who like, we're "This is about? pretty." I don't great. know Fleet
0: Foxes. No, I don't yeah. know. Okay. Uh-uh. Um, no, I'm the Jenny Lindmelter. What's yeah, her name? that was the name I remember. I remember
2: seeing the bug shot years home, later and still and being like, chart. Yeah,
1: I love dude, B- Enemy of the State came out when I was like right around that same time period as the one, the Eminem CD, so like I was in like the height of my just debauchery. Yeah, and, um, I love that album, like literally, like I, li- I must have listened to it like a thousand times, like just on repeat in my CD player in my house, like, yeah. just. Constant. it was the ultimate party like it was such a great party album and
2: then you read the lyrics and you're they're, like <laughs> they're
1: unbelievable they're really good lyrics yeah. like you don't think like this punk rock like pop yeah. punk man, record do this, is going to me, have sure. like these really
0: sensitive like, like,
1: <laughs> like deep lyrics and i was like dude this is really fucking good man. see now
0: and i never i never listened to them because they definitely emerged in my like elitist phase i don't like any of the other album just that high one school and... just
1: that album right it's like it's like one of those like Flat like lightning in a bottle type yeah. situations where it was like every single song is super catchy, but yet it had so much like teen young adult angst like thrown right. into it, and like every song
2: like had like his lyrics were really good. The first song of the album, I think it's called Anthem. Yeah, but
0: bam, bang now now, so now fucking
1: catchy <laughs> like the whole album.
0: Yeah, see, and at least like I don't I don't think I'm necessarily like that anymore. But I uh, so I I'll, I'll make an I'll make an active effort. To, to rock out to this album.
2: There's so many albums, like, that you, if you follow a band from, like, kind of their, like, up, like, their beginning, mm-hmm. you get almost these, like, like, Kings of Leon's a great example for wow. me. It's, That's like, their first two albums are incredible, and then, even, uh, Only by the Night, I think is the third one. That's so good. With the their light. first three albums. And then they got popular with the fourth one. Right. And it's just, like. Right. Why?
1: Right. <laughs> like because that. their first three were stellar. Yeah. And then what was it? What was the only fourth bu- one? Uh, no, you're thinking of Book Because of the Night? There's the one with, with the the
2: light bulb on it. Yeah. That yeah. one was that really good. That's got fans on it, and oh. that's got Camaro. Yeah. And then the one with Sex on Fire came out. Yeah. That one was okay. What
0: is that album? Um, I Did forget. you ever get into is that? it? Is it self-titled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, not until that album. Because again, I wasn't.
1: Their first three albums, I put up against anybody. Yeah. They're so fucking good because they were so raw.
0: I stopped seeking out new artists at a certain point because in times. in in college. Yeah, that and then, one by one.
1: the Night was the one that got popular. Yeah. And there was like one or two. That one was on Come Around Sunday. That one.
2: that one I liked, but you could tell that they were just falling apart. Yeah, and then, that whole well, band they, was just well, they, they became wasted the whole time they were recording that, that and album.
1: they became very mainstream yeah. like they became like a U2 like type band and they were, and they were they getting were shit because they got
2: like they were like having like these on stage kind of incidents take place Like oh, no. yeah. they were at a, a, a festival and then, they're like, all
1: brothers you know that right yeah. Like, yeah, all, yeah, they were like raised in like this church yeah. and their dad was a minister and they used to sing like yeah. as a traveling
2: and like big tent revivals yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: that's how they started and then they, they all taught themselves all their own instruments which is ridiculous, because their drummer is, like, ridiculous. That's the oldest
2: brother. And if you watch the documentary about them... Yeah, I've seen He's... It. The the singer's shit-faced. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, you gotta get your shit together. He's like, you get all fucked up every night, and then I gotta cover you with the background vocals. Everybody thinks that you're singing reality. I wrote Sex <laughs> on Fire. He's <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, they're an interesting group. Yeah. They really are.
2: But I like, um... The Mechanical Bull album I thought was good too. Really?
1: Yeah. I don't think I listened to anything I either. saw the them live another, around Sunday. For that
2: album and it was very well done. But yeah, this is untouchable this album. Um
1: I like Youth and Young Manhood. Uh uh-huh. I think Aha Heartbreak. Yeah, this, I think it's one of the best albums ever I mean ever like written. the first like fucking 7 or 8 songs yeah. are like I mean they're just they just crush you like and when I heard this album for the first time, I was like, it was early two thousands, right? And I was just like, just got sober. And I remember like this album brings me all the way back to two thousand three or whatever what year did this come out. Yeah, I was in five. I was
2: in seventh grade. You were two thousand five,
1: so like around that that yeah. three year period, first few years when I was working at Wawa, and it was like this album. I just remember being in the coal box and playing this like on repeat, like while I was stocking shelves because it was just so fucking good but it was so simple and like just raw and this guy's voice I was like
2: where did this guy come from yeah I the first song I heard was The Bucket they had a video for it and I remember being like this is good this sounds like the stuff on MGK but it also sounds like a lot of the stuff I'm listening to yeah. right now They still play these songs when you see them now. they Probably a lot. great I've seen them twice. Yeah. The first time I saw them was one of the last shows at the Spectrum. My parents, four months before, ended up seeing them at the Electric Factory. Right. My dad was like, "We're in the city for the night." It was like a Sunday night. That's where night. I saw them. Yeah. My parents were like, "What should we do it's tonight?" That same show. And I was like, he was "I think sick. Kings of Le- Kings of Leon are playing in Philly," and my dad's like. Oh, okay. And then I talked to them the next day. They're like, we snuck into that concert. He's like, it was a sold-out show, and they were taking tickets. And we just, like, walked behind a couple kids, and I guess they thought they were we were their parents. It was cold then. And they got in. I don't think it was, because we were working together at that time that they went to see that Maybe show. Maybe that was the Black Keys concert And you saw there. had told me about the time that you saw Kings of Leon, and they were all sick. And it was like, yeah. he was spitting off the stage. Yeah. And I remember seeing... You tell me about that, and then hearing the experience that my parents had at the Electric Factory, and then seeing it with the Spectrum and being like, this is a completely different band. This could not be the same band. Because they, they were just... Good? They were not... All the when songs sounded perfect, but they were sticks on the stage. Oh, really? Yeah, they did not know what they were doing in such a large venue. Right. Then I saw them probably four years later at Made in America Festival, Right. and it was... It, it, I still get chills to this day it when I hear good. certain songs right. on that album, because I'm like, I remember... This part being like right outside of the art museum with like right. a thousand American flags That's like up awesome. on the state and you're just hearing that guitar part from the one song off of uh come around Sunday. Pyro. Yeah, and I was like, Whoa, this is like yeah, this is like full circle, like one of the biggest bands in America with a thousand American flags on Labor Day weekend in Philadelphia. Yeah. So it was like maybe the whole vibe of the event maybe kind of lends itself to that but i still hear like a couple of the songs by them and i just get chills and have like the exact flashback which is a great segue
1: into our first part of the show which was (laughs) your favorite concert experience yes yeah um yeah that was perfect
2: um so was that yours that's up there there's so many um i know you've been to a lot of shows been to a lot of shows yeah and i always try to convince people like to kind of just be like yo Last minute, this band's playing tonight up in the city. Let's just go. Right. But people have to be so prepared these days that like, everybody's right. like, I can't just go with the flow anymore. And some of the best concerts I've been to those it's last minute It's called getting ones. older, Frank. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends that have just as many it's responsibilities called, as I do. You're not 21 anymore. Just as many responsibilities that I do that right. act like 80-year-old women when it comes
0: to things like that. They're like, I nah. think is a generational thing. I think it's, um... That's, I'm definitely entering my octogenarian lady phase. But I
1: feel like a lot of the millennials, like, his age, like, they're, they're so much more homebodies than we were, as, like, at that age. Like he's I don't know Frank's a
0: little bit
2: different. In that's that, a whole in different podcast topic. Right. But, I mean, like, I, I feel
1: like they're much more uh, sheltered and much more, like, yeah. home, homebodies where they're yeah. like, ah, I... I can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah. Whereas like well, us, we were like, wise. no, let's. I'd be like him. I like, let's go to the fucking show. Yeah, yeah. Literally,
0: the only thing I had at my house was like a Sega Genesis or something. Everything else I wanted to do was away from the house. Right. Whether it was pool or playing a show or watching a show or right. Yeah, Once I to a certain out. age, I never wanted to be home.
2: Yeah. I had a cousin who was like morbidly obese from playing video games. My parents were like, "You're going to join the wrestling team, and you're mm. going to be outside, and, and you're going to win. Yeah. You're going like, to win. You're going to win. You're just not going <laughs> to be. Out of the house. You're not going to be Sega, Sega yeah. boy." Yeah. Right. Like, all, right. all right But um, yeah, my first concert was um, Jimmy World oh, and nice. Taking Back Sunday, and the format who ended up becoming Fun. Have you ever heard oh, well, that band? Yeah. Um, my dad took my buddy Casey and I to Camden. And we took the ferry over. So my dad, my dad was like really good about like, alright, this is his first concert. Like, let's make it a good time. So we went over, took the ferry over. The opening band played Otis read a notice Reddit song. So my dad, that guy, he was like, Alright, my and money's i right. yeah. I'm, I'm on. <laughs> um Both of the bands that I went to go see, Take Him Back Sunday and Jimmy Eat World have so many songs that like you hear and you're like, Oh my god, yeah, I didn't even remember that they played this song. Right. So And then Coming home, my dad's like, "All right, we're gonna go get cheesesteaks." And like, my dad did a really good job making it like the best first concert experience. Made it like a whole night. Yeah, I oh, think that that's was the awesome. only concert I ended up going to with my dad. But uh, I think one of the best concerts, if I had to, Paul McCartney at Firefly was pretty good. Ooh. Mm. Going from Modest Mouse to Paul McCartney. How are they live? Modest Mouse. I've seen them I've three always, times, time. I've, always always I've heard them. Live, I've, I've always, I've seen them now, like as they've kind of come into their own. But I think in those early days, early days and
1: what they've been around since like, like the uh, mid '90s. What was the one song with trailer trash on it. Buns of Crowd of West, yeah, my favorite album. Like those albums, I they were
2: just like a mess on stage and just shit faced off of Mickey's wide mouth. All the that time. is
1: definitely it's def- <laughs> that's what I liked about that yeah. album was that it was so raw and so yeah. like they the recording was just like, what is this? It's so weird.
2: I've seen them a little bit more polished, yeah. I think. Yeah, the they song. definitely got yeah. Firefly, you know, they were playing. It was like a mud pit. And what was the what was the album with dashboard? Uh, that was um that was when they started to get the that, very, very boat eccentric one. It was uh, something down with the ship or something. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. That was when they started to clean up their act a little yeah. bit. Yeah, got real polished sounding compared to their first like five albums. Which well, even better, like well. Float
2: On, I think, is when they really kind of started doing that. But like yeah. a lot of people it heard was Float good, On. Good news for people that like bad news or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of people heard that, that on like WSTW. That's their popular song. That's yeah. what blew them up. And that then went like... on their album and heard like Bury Me With It and we're like, we're not ready oh, for this bad. That yeah, that's it's a such a good song.
0: Did you ever get into them? Uh-uh. Modest Mouse. No, I never listened to them. What? I, I saw them
2: there. I saw them at Made in America <laughs> one year. It was death. It was like one of the years that like rap had totally taken over at this point. Right. But That's Death Cab for Cutie and Modest Mouse ended up playing that. It was, that it was like Future after that. Brian Simpson, Cool Brian. Yeah. Well, was
1: actually the one that turned me on to them. Okay. Like that was right around the Ocean Breeze, Salty, and Float On, and all that stuff was on the radio. And it was really popular. And my buddy was like, "Ah, that's fuck, that's tra-. Like Brian was like, "That's that's all right." He's like, "Their first four albums are so much better." Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, like He's <laughs> selling such a douchebag?" I the original what do you do? you so right. And I, I, I like delved back into uh, their their catalog, and I felt like "Lonesome Crowded West" by Modest Mouse is like one of my favorite albums by anybody ever. Like, it's so so good. Huh. Yeah. Like I even bought it on vinyl. It sounds like shit, but I still like it because it's on vinyl. You know,
0: all of the all of the new music that I was listening to around that time was all stuff that Shep was feeding me. Yeah, like Smart Brian, there was Smart Brian, Smart and, Smart cool Brian. Brian and Cool Brian, Smart, Smart Brian, and Smart cool Brian. Brian. We all worked at Wawa together, like me and <laughs> yeah. these two other guys that we're talking about. So like, and there's two Brian's,
1: and that's what he's yeah. About.
0: And, like, he was, so he was, he was sending me, like, Death Cab is, how, like, that's how I got, I got Death cab I got him into Death Cab, though. Nice. He had never so, heard good. Death
1: Cab until I played uh, the photo album for him at oh. work. And he was like, oh, my God, this is the catchiest shit I've ever heard in
0: my life. I was like, yeah, dude, that's Death yeah, Cab. Yeah, them and, like, Emery and those kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, but, yeah, no, I never, I never listened to, it's like, well, it's like Kings of Leon. I, I totally assumed they were. Here and gone, one hit kind of band because all I ever heard was Sex on Fire. Right, I know they had three albums before that that song. song. It's my least
2: favorite song. Probably, I really hate that song. Well, any band I like, and so bad (laughs) that's
0: why it makes me want to listen to the first three albums now. So I'll, (laughs) I've added them to the mental list. Absolutely, but yeah, no modest modest mouse. mouse. I know, and I'm sure if I heard a song, I would know it. Right, but I was, I I was really not, I was not seeking out new stuff unless it was being thrust upon me, and in that like I had my computer at home, this this actually, not that I want to get away from live concerts, but the, the method that I listen to music hasn't really changed much, like somebody lets me borrow a CD, or they send me a link, or they do something, or I can buy it digitally and download it, I was just loading up external hard drives, and then like I had stuff on my laptop for when I would go sound check, I would listen to stuff, and I would put it on a a usb drive for the car for like in the stereo yeah. so i could have you know eight thousand songs in the stereo but that's primarily you know i don't i don't didn't really listen to the radio i i still don't really use streaming services so i don't get like the i liked pandora for a while where you could like kind of find out about other bands but it just petered out it yeah. wasn't it wasn't as fresh as it could have been to like oh let you like this band you should listen to this band that's kind of so part until of the show I, that we were going to get
1: into. Eventually. I know,
0: so we will go back to it. But I'm just saying, before before you know, really hanging out with the Wawa crew, and then even more recently, just you, just getting you know and, um, stuff from you, right, has been where I've where I've listened to the most new bands for a while. But I used to go in high school. I used to go to Rainbow Records in Newark, yeah, because that's pretty much where we went to go to the coffee shop, to play pool, to, you know, hang out somewhere where we could smoke and listen to live music. And I would go to, I would walk to Rainbow Records every time. And I would just go to the used CDs because they had the disc you could listen to. And I would pick stuff up based on the art. And then I would just listen to it and be like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I would buy it. So that's how I was like getting into a lot of stuff. But as soon as, as soon as Rainbow went away and everything else, I just kind of, Stuck with what I listened to for a really long time post high school through college and then.
1: This is trailer trash off of Lonesome Some Crowded West. It's one of my favorite
2: songs on the album. Oddly enough, I heard this song through brand new because they would cover it live. Oh wow.
3: Yeah.
1: His voice is polarizing. A lot of people either you really like it or you don't. Yeah.
2: But, and the,
1: and the sound's very lo-fi, but it's
2: like, I don't know. I can't really put, I don't, they don't sound like anybody else is what I like about them. Nah, they don't sound like anybody else and they've done a good job of not sounding the same for too long. But, it's true. Yeah.
0: Well, I definitely don't mind lo-fi at all. I mean, lo
1: fi is kind of a bad way to... I can't... It's just very raw. Like, very, like, unpolished. Very 90s. Underproduced. Yeah, yeah underproduced. Yeah.
2: Which is kind of what I like about it, in a way. Yeah. When you, uh... When you're... I always leave Modest Bounce when I'm by myself. Yes. Because I'm like... I don't have to worry about the person sitting next to me right. and being like, Oh, I actually blew their ears off with yeah. this, like, total change of yeah, taste. Yeah, because and, they're
1: not a band that you can just, like, play for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Some people will
2: be like, oh, What is... So... Uh, yeah. Noise. Yeah. The National is one of those yeah. bands that I don't really expect anybody else to like. Really? Yeah. See, yeah. Now them. I like, find them with huge mass appeal. I, I they're love very them. Very easy to listen to. But them. like my my friends, I'm just like, I'm gonna put this on, but they, I wouldn't expect them to be like, this is great because like, his voice, man. The vi- voice, and you have to. That's like listening to almost teetering on classic classical music. Some of their like orchestrations and the way that like mm-hmm. the. The little fine details that you There's, appreciate yeah. about them that some yeah. people that are just like kind of journeyman music listeners might not stop still, and appreciate.
1: I still haven't like really like done deep dives on their last like three albums. Like I've listened to all of them and I like them all, but I haven't like given them the attention that I did like their first few albums. Yeah, that
2: I really love. I think they're a, one of my favorite live acts too, for sure. I haven't seen
1: them live, but they're one of my favorite bands for sure.
2: I saw them at uh, Union Transfer not two years ago I haven't been there for an album release and it was like they were playing the Man Center the week after but it was an album release party at yeah. Union Transfer and it was pretty surreal because you'd like bands that big are used to being able to play on larger stages so seeing them try to cram the stage of the Man Center on yeah, the stage I, of Union Transfer I was going to say I was
0: going to be able to see them at the Man yeah. too and it just didn't pan out this is like probably the best song on the album though it's a shame that it's 11 minutes long. Yeah. Trucker's
1: Atlas. It is so fucking good. Yeah. He
2: just fucking just screams. screams. For like, I usually get, like, six or seven minutes of this song, and just like, oh, this one, all right, I'm going to listen to the next one. But it gets it better gets, as it goes on. Yeah, but sometimes you're just like, like, when I would be driving, I was just be, I'm not even paying attention to the road. Like, what's going on right now? Like, I got to turn this stuff off. It's, like, totally controlling what I'm thinking right now. And that's good music, though. Yeah, but that's... The chaotic manner is that too in which loud? it does. I'm too just good. like I would be driving and just be like, I don't even know if I was just looking at traffic signs for like the last five it's, minutes. I'm song just is, driving as fast as I like It's can. hypnotic, because yeah. like
1: once this song goes on and because the, it's just basically the drummer, it's like the, the the rhythm section just starts going off.
2: You put this on at the Y and people are gonna be you're gonna go right. to watch once. Yeah. But it's a really good song. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the longest songs That end up on albums I'm like 1st like Why are they And I'm like Oh there's a reason Why this song is as long And they want you To like figure it out Yeah But Yeah not everything's as, Like Always as palatable I guess you would say so, like, like this part the, I, I like I
0: like his voice In this better Than the last one Yeah This like trashy Or messy When he screams Yeah yeah. yeah. But, but that's I what I like <laughs>
3: Their drummer's
1: a monster. I'm like, I always listen for drummers, I don't know why, I'm like a huge drummer fan.
3: And this guy does so much weird shit in this song, like between
1: every chord, like he's all so the are all different. So much little shit going on. The bassist fucking
2: crushes it on this album. And I don't think any of the... That's, he didn't hold on to too many of the original members. I know. Like, which is kind of I think a, he's kind a, of a nutcase. I think he's a nutcase, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of bands like that. Like I think uh Bright Eyes like C- Connor Roberts, is probably tough to work with, but yes. like, he always has different people yeah. and it's always it both built the spills the same way too. So I don't know if
1: it's, it's always been those two guys though. Yeah. Two main guys that built
2: the spill. Has it? I'm pretty sure. I wasn't sure. I always thought it was just the one guy, like they're, they're not aren't they like a three piece though? They usually are a three piece, but I think he's rotated a lot oh, of really? people out. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think That's a lot right. of bands are like that. that more it's people, hard to be the third wheel. Yeah, <laughs> I think more bands are like that than people realize. Cause you don't really built the spill
1: either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them open up for Kings of Leon.
2: Okay.
1: Only reason I went to the show because by then I was not even a Kings of Leon fan anymore because they got popular. It was my wife wanted to go see them because I turned them on to her. She's not a huge music person like She likes music, but she's not like I am. But like she was pregnant, and like we brought my mother in law. And it was, like, the weirdest fucking show I've ever been to. So, like, I'll put that up as, like, the weird on the weirdest list. Yeah. Because by then it was 2010, t- 2011. And so, like, their new album had come out, whatever it was, uh, Around Sundown or yeah, come around one of those Sundown. Garbage Later records. And I was just, like, by then I was, like, I had lost interest in Kings of Leon. Yeah. Like, their first five years were awesome. And I only went because Built to Spill was opening because I, I mean, I love Philip the Spill, like, all their, like, that, that dude's one of my favorite guitarists of all time, and I'd never seen them live, and so I went, and it was like, my wife was pregnant, and my mother-in-law was there, and then we got stuck next to these kids that were doing massive amounts of drugs, like, these, like, these two kids next to us, like, started stripping, and, like, winging his shirt around like, and of course like I always like I said before I always at shows I always get next to the most drunk or high person at the entire show of because course. I'm stone cold sober yeah and it never fails and like I literally I was like Chris I was like We're gonna get a, I'm gonna get arrested tonight I was like I'm gonna fucking if this dude smacks you with his shirt and you're proud I was like I'm gonna fucking kill him like I was, I got so serious like my mother was always like is he gonna be okay I, was, I went to it a, ruined uh, the whole show for me because I was just so focused on these oh, two yeah. idiots yeah. and I was like Either you guys got to move, or like I'm, I'm, or I gotta leave because it was like it got to that point, and I felt so bad. But like, I can't be around people. When I've, like, been when they get in my I've been that person, and I've been you. I don't care if you want to <laughs> be right. Yeah, I don't care if you want to act like an idiot or whatever. Like, just don't get in my space. Yeah, like, and yeah, that's what yeah. they were falling into us. Like they were like, and like there was open seats. I'm like, they they could have went anywhere. Because, like, they just had to be, like, right next to me. And I was just like, dude, this is going to go down. Like, it's going to be bad.
2: Right before Christmas, I went to see uh, The Front Bottoms, which is, like, a newer, kind of punkier, kind of indie band. But, um, huge following, because they're from New Jersey and Philly. And, like, so, like, their earlier shows were Philly, New Jersey. So they did this, like, every year they do it. It's called, like, The Champagne Jam. So my sister and I go, should have known off the spot. The show started at, like, 5 o'clock. They had, like some local brewery there giving out like these like pounders with like IPA for like special for the show. Right. And I get there like right before they're going on like I'm still sober. My sister's a teetoker basically ninety percent of the time anyways. Right. And uh, we get there and people are just bumping into us and she's never really been like a, a standing concert kind of person. Right. Right. So people are like edging their way. I'm like, yo, you gotta throw an elbow into them and get back around <laughs> and like we gotta hold our spot down. And then the show starts, and everybody rushes. And my sister goes down. And the kid that bumps into her is, like, right there. And I grab him by the shirt. And I'm like, yo, knock it the the fuck off. And I push him. And he turns around. It's probably the biggest kid there. And I'm like, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) And then before I can eat, I got, like, my my lighter in my hand. There's, like, a fist pack ready to go. And then his little New Jersey fucking, like, chihuahua girlfriend comes, like, in my mind, from, like, out of his legs, she gets in my face, and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, fuck this, now, nah, we're done. She disappears. Yeah, she's just, like, <laughs> she like hopped out you of You
0: get his the pocket. fuck out of our
2: face! Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, my God. She came
0: out of his pocket, was like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I definitely was never, I was never, like, a um, physically out-of-control person at concerts. My, my first couple experiences were, like, a shock, yeah. how much, like, like, the volume of movement, yeah. the, the, like, mass movement back and forth. I think the one the one time that I was probably the asshole in the pit was at a HF festival quite a few years ago now. Uh Clutch was okay. playing and Clutch is one of my favorite bands. Another like Maryland based, you know, local rockers that just kept putting out albums and playing shows and then got huge and they the the so I'm having like a great time one of one of the my two friends who was there had already considered himself the designated driver and i was still drinking with reckless abandon so i got hammered and i was just down there and like i wasn't messing with anybody but i was just loud and obnoxious and dancing there was one moment of silence relative silence you know in a concert Re- one moment of relative silence between a pair of songs while they got set and i took the opportunity to scream sex as loud as i could nothing else just the word sex and i still remember to this day my friend jeff just like grabbing me and being like like holding me in the way that was like please stop being this person but i was having such a good time it was literally Which, the only the concert so this is i when well, i was talking about when i was that like Oh, that guy. That, that guy. Right. The one time that I was that guy. I had way too much to drink. We had a designated driver, my Which buddy concert? Jeff. It was Clutch at the HF Festival. Oh, okay. Down in Down in America. And so I was just so. You never happy. see you being that guy. I, well, and I, and I, like I said, I wasn't necessarily encroaching on other people's space and I wasn't doing this, but I was just like, I was just hammered and I was having a good time and I was dancing. My, my hair was still yeah. long then, so I yeah. was flipping. I was rocking the fuck out. And there was just this moment of silence and I was like,
3: sex! That's, as loud that's, as that's I could
0: though. it was, well, it, was. Yeah. it got a little it got a little nod and smirk from the lead singer right. and then they launched into their next song and yes. I remember my friend grabbing me and just being like oh god please don't make me like drag you out of here in a drunken heap but that's really who, who that's said like, that that's kind of like a douchey <laughs> thing to say <laughs> it was my buddy Jeff I'd be like lighten
2: up we something I noticed about you is like you're pretty like big stocky athletic guy right. and then you go to these concerts and the music we like Right. and there's people like half our size right that are getting, like, ballsy about, like, right. the place that they're sitting. And I would go to, like, these shows and be, like, a varsity wrestler. Right. Like, 145 pounds of muscle at the time. Right. And these kids would be, like, pushing into me. I'd just be, like, making my way to the barrier because everybody, like, I'm, like, all right, well, I was trying to be nice, but right. if you're going to encroach on my space, I'm going to win. And right. I'm, like, I'm just going to, like, hip around everybody in this crowd until I'm at the front. And I've had people, like, punching me and, like, digging their, like, knees into, like, Right, like it's kind of like just modern, like all is all is fair in love and war when you go to some of
0: these concerts. Yeah, some of these concerts. Yeah, that's yeah that's I feel like right. the one time that I was actually at the front, I never wanted to be again, and it was just because of the pressure of the rest of the crowd. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, oh, that's, god. yeah that's like yeah. I'm not a small dude either, but right. I also didn't feel like getting into an elbow fight with anybody. Yeah, nice. so I would I've spent probably the whole concert up there, like ah, I think oh god, that's that was probably Lollapalooza. Oh, man. Yeah, most of the time, I, I loved being in I loved being in small venues. Yeah. You know, I know, like, intimate is probably overused when you're talking about venues, but I love being in intimate venues, and those are probably my favorite concerts. Like, just that. I,
1: I would have totally let you yell sex and would not have. Thank you. And would not have, like. You would have been
2: like, this is why I I'm like, like you. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been like. Be like, I'm with that guy. I would have been, like, on the opposite side and heard that and been like, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, literally, one of us. It was yeah.
0: literally the only word I can think of to describe how good I felt at that moment. Right. That I it was, was like a
2: pure expression
0: of yeah, joy. That I was nine feet from Neil Fallon while he was screaming into Fuck a microphone. Yeah, I yeah, definitely would
2: have yeah. been like, that's somebody's first time taking ecstasy.
0: <laughs> I would have been there sober
1: and be like, yeah,
0: that's yeah. cool. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's got a good point. Yeah. Sex.
0: That's a good word. Yeah, my first concert was high school. I didn't even have a license yet, but luckily we were friends with older we were friends with junior so i was a freshman junior drove like four or five of us to see live at hershey stadium right so it was live and it was supposed to be veruca salt but she wound up breaking her leg like that saturday like the, the night before she veruca? she broke her name yeah wasn't it yeah. veruca salt but i mean it was the name of the band oh yeah but... yeah no not she sorry yeah, but... yes the lead singer lead singer veruca salt of veruca salt they're, dude, they're awesome yeah yeah, so the she wanted breaking her leg the night before, and so they got Catherine Wheel to be the opening band. And I think my buddy and I were the only two people who knew who Catherine Wheel was, mm-hmm. and we only knew Catherine Wheel because they were an English band, they were mm-hmm. a, a, a British rock band. That their their third album, I think, had a single on MTV and got big here the same year that they did that that concert. Cause we, um, I don't know that band. I like the Smashing Pumpkins, and I used to seek out bands that were like inspirations for the bands that I was listening to. Mm -hmm. And in Smashing Pumpkins, in in their you know first two records, they thank Catherine Wheel in their in their liner notes. So I just went out randomly, like in Gish. Uh, definitely in Siamese Dream. It might have been. They might be in Gish too. Yeah, because they they um, such a monster album. Both. It is. It's so good. Both the them. the way they recorded that album sounds so much better. Like I know Siamese Dream is a better production overall. Right. But the their sound in Gish is fucking great. Gish is like Pumpkins like masterpiece, easily, yeah. I think. So they were really they were they thanked Catherine Wheel. That made me go find them. And like they are. They're like they're like a Pink Floyd Catherine Wheels yeah, or Pink Floyd smashing pumpkins kind of mix mm-hmm. that um you know they they could rock out but it's it's mostly they do this they have this harmonica that they you know process so they would plug the harmonica they'd use the the green bullet mic the harmonica mic and then put it through distortion nice. pedals and all sorts of cool effects and so they wound up being the opener for live which was like great for us cuz we were huge fans but like that was it was a massive stadium you know the 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 it was ground level everything was was ground level cuz there were no they just opened up the football field, basically put the stage in one, one end zone. And the, uh, I just remember, I just remember just like being overwhelmed by the amount of people and how the, like it moved and that there were actually people crowd surfing. And it was like, I seriously thought this was just in movies. Yeah. I was so blown away by like the fact that there were actually people jumping off the stage and stuff. That was great. But it's, it probably wasn't the best concert. Best concert is, is hard like I saw KRS-One the oh, rapper wow. in at Grape Street. There's probably 120 people there at at most. Emmanuel. Yeah. 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 Wow. The probably the most at most 120 people in that room. Yep. And it was like it was KRS1. the most KRS-One. Awesome. It was the most just him and a DJ, that was it. Um probably the most diverse crowd I've ever seen. Like every every single kind of person, color of person. Like it was it was amazing. And like he rocked, he was like, we, we got to stop at 2 a.m. So I'm going to take you to the last minute. And he basically for the last 12 minutes of his show just did a freestyle right. and kept it going. And the DJ kept changing the beat oh up God, and he would awesome. switch gears and then he would do a beat of like an old song. And so he would do a couple bars from that song and then go into a freestyle. And it was just like nonstop energy. This dude's like, you know, if you've ever seen him, he's like six foot nine. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. And just like sweat Huge everywhere. Huge voice. Yeah. yeah tiny room that was like I left that room feeling like electrified sure. because everybody was like the same everybody the crowd was the same organism you right, know what I mean right, right. Like all. so the that was your time. favorite that was probably the best, I think so. best show I think so and I've seen a lot of good ones and I love local like I love small local sure. shows but that was like I idolized him for right. like his his message and his and like just everything about him at the time so when I got to see him in a tiny room and it was like He didn't sound like shit. Right. Right, right. And it's tough because rap is
1: like doesn't always translate well. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: And, like he went off the stage and he got water and stuff like that. And then he came down the steps and exited like through the crowd. Right, right. And he was like sharpie in hand. He was like, I can't stay. I can't. I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming. And he was like signing people like holding LPs over other people's heads. And he was just like signing stuff as he walked. I've never heard
1: anybody ever say a bad word about KRS one. Like any artist, like any fan. Like he's just like one of those dudes that's just like up in the pantheon of like hip hop and
2: yeah, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater too.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's how I was introduced mm-hmm.
1: to. Uh, oh, oh nice. dude, so many. Yeah, so many people were introduced to so much good shit on that uh, on that yeah. game. Yeah, um, Naughty by Nature, uh, Pin the Tail on there. the Donkey. Yeah, Rage. Up. I
0: just um, I just found bring the noise. <laughs> bring the noise. Yes. Uh, I just found Baker's. Is it Baker's Boy? Baker Boy. It's like an Aussie rapper who's one of the new cause they just they just re released Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. they yeah. just like re-released an upgrade, and there's 37 new songs oh, in wow. addition to the three or four dozen that were on there already. So they the re released the original. Yeah, that's they the well, original upgraded maps, it, but yeah. like with better. They did graphics HD, and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. Like, oh it's one God. and two together, and what are they selling one one for? Like 200 dollars a piece. <laughs> forty dollars. <laughs> is it really for, forty bucks? Forty bucks for one and two together in one game. Yeah, that's pretty good. Dude. It's great. Dude. That's a and good just deal. The music is awesome. Like Xbox Live, Xbox. Yep. Or or. Yeah, gold or whatever,
1: you can buy just right off of
0: gold for like $40. Yeah, $4 yeah you bucks. can get it digitally, yeah. All right. <clears> That's <throat> awesome.
1: I yeah. might have checked that out. Bathroom upstairs. Yeah, just go straight up. It on. is.
0: Yeah. The, one of my favorite parts is there's basically a feature, like over time you'll have the exact playlist that you want. You can just hit, if a song's playing, and you hit click um the right stick, right. it'll skip it. Like, it'll ask you, like, you definitely want to skip and then it'll leave it off until you uncheck it. Right. and say, oh, I want, a, I want this back in the mix again. So when you hear a song you don't like, you just click it, and it never plays it again. Right. That's it's awesome. Good. Yeah, it's pretty dope.
1: Now I'm going to have to play that game, because I, uh, I miss a game. That was one of those games that was like so incredibly addictive, Yeah, and you didn't even have to be doing anything. Like you, like as far as like mission wise, like you. Oh yeah, no, you were just, just, just the free form free of free skate. Yeah. was the mode that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just like hitting those huge ramps and like doing, just doing as many tricks as you possibly could, and the soundtrack and like. It was just so different than anything else that had come out when that came out. It was like, was it PlayStation Two?
0: I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. The, it was either P. Yeah, because the first, the first, the best, one, the
1: best platform ever created. The best, probably. Yep. You never needed you another one. Literally, after throw PCS2. it down a flight of steps and it would just start right up. <laughs> <off.
0: laughs> yeah. The um, that's that's been the best part. So it just came out Friday. Oh wow! And I I bought it on Friday and I was playing. I'm it. totally gonna get it. Yeah, I was yeah. playing it with some friends and then. Mel who doesn't really play video games much. I was right. like, "Come on, I'm going to teach you how to play it." And she was like, "It looks way too complicated." I'm like, "It is, it, but it isn't. It not. You just mash buttons." It's like, "Yeah." yeah I was like, it's just, "Let me tell you what the buttons do and then you'll be fine." Yeah. "Let me get you get the movement down back and forth cuz I had to switch. I'm all, you know, I'm all thumbsticks these days. I had to switch right. back to the D-pad for turning right, off. Right, right. It's, it's like old times. Old school. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's good. It's like a fantastic soundtrack, too. They got a lot of... So they just like I'm updated sure. it. A lot of new bands. Oh, I'm totally getting it. All the And then my, my kids are
1: going to get I'm going to hook my kids on it. Because that's a that's game great. you can play with your kids. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Kids but, come back tomorrow night yeah. for me. So. Um, I'm, I'm stoked about that. I'm going to get it today.
2: There's um, a lot of bands that got an extra boost from video games, for sure. Oh, like yeah. The FIFA games always had really good soundtracks. Well, soundtrack. you expose it to a whole
1: other generation of people that have never heard that stuff. Yeah. That's what's cool about video games, and
2: you know, there's a lot like NHL, like all those games. Oh yeah, the have, NHL. Like, these like, like dude, Manchester the college Orchestra NCAA college yeah. football
1: when they still had it. Yeah, like, those had awesome soundtracks.
2: Yeah, and then like remember like the SSX, like the snowboarding oh, yeah. games. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. snowboarding, cool Tony Hawk's snowboarding yeah.
1: good shit. Yeah, any of those like freeform sports games are awesome.
2: Yeah,
1: um, I'm trying to think of my. Favorite concert, um, it's hard. There's like favorite, and then there's like best, like as far as like the best sounding, or like my, you know what I mean? Like there's there's ones that I had the most fun at, and then there's other ones where I was just so blown away by like the sound that I was hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a kind of like a three way tie between Blues Traveler, don't laugh, wow. Blues Traveler in 1999 at duquesne university i was on two hits of acid i drank about a half a case of beer because you could just drink nonstop stop on that stuff and i literally it was the most fun i think i've ever had at a concert no one hit i was on one hit one hit i was back when i could take one hit and just like have a blast before it got really weird like and it was just right. like fun and like dude i literally danced for three like he john popper when i tell you that this dude he was the most incredible live performer that I've ever seen as far as stamina for a dude that size. And for, yeah. like, what he had to do with a harmonica for three hours. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like, I, dude, at one point he was wearing, this, this girl threw a bra up on stage and he wore it on his head for the rest of the show. Like, just, like, the way that they put on, just, he was so funny and personable. And they just, I mean, they just crushed it. I mean, it didn't help that I that I was on... It did. That I was it, I mean it, it helped. <laughs> it helped that I was on a hit acid and a ton of beer, but right. um, I I didn't get out of control. Like I don't remember anything bad about that show. Like it was just like one of those like early experiences that I had at a concert that I would just like still treasure to this day. Um But it was like that show uh, traveler. Yeah. Oh my god. Like just uh, like their sound lives totally different like than what you hear like on the radio.
0: Sure. Which yeah, is still no, impressive. If you sit that. down
1: and listen to like Blue shark like they're a good band, like they're very talented dudes. Um but uh that Radiohead, the first time I saw Radiohead, early two thousands, um, I think it was the Hail to the Thief tour actually. Um I saw them at the Tweeter Center and I was like, How the fuck are these guys gonna capture this sound? And be able to transfer it live. Right. And then to watch Johnny Greenwood with his wall of electronics and like just wall of sound and they still were able to make that sound live at an outdoor venue.
2: Yeah.
1: A shitty venue. Like Camden Waterfront is worse. awful. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. And it was still and I was all the way in the back on the grass, dude. Like and it was still like I was still blown away at how good they sounded. So like that that concert and then the first time I saw Martin Sexton live who's like one of my favorite uh, all-time singer-songwriters that nobody's ever heard of. But he's like, I loved him for years. My parents got me, turned me on to him. And I listened to his live concert over and over again on CD. And then I got Krista turned on to him. And then me and Krista went and saw him at uh, XPN Live in Philly, University of Penn, which is like, if you've ever seen a really good cop, dude, the sound in there is like, Studio quality, like when you go in there, it's like you could hear a pin drop on stage. Like it's everything's just perfect, and he was just him and a guitar, and he just—I was just—I couldn't believe the the voice of this, like the sound this dude makes with his voice and how he's able to. Like Mike, you would absolutely love him because he does stuff with a guitar that makes it sound like there's like three dudes on stage with different instruments, um, and his voice is like. John Mayer called him like the greatest living performer when he saw him live. <laughs> but I, I would have to say that that one was uh, the first I've seen him five times since then. That's how good. That's how much yeah. I like him. Like I've seen him five times live because his live shows are just like ridiculously good. Um, he's one. He has like he has like the range. He's got ridiculous range. He started out as like a scat guitar player up in like New England playing on the streets. And then he's grown this huge cult following, like people that follow him all and he only plays small places. Me and Chris saw him at a tiny bar. We saw him in a tiny bar on in Cape Cod out in the middle of like the ocean, like out on the beach where there was nothing around. That was one of the other better concerts. Because of where it was. But he he, um, he, play, he only plays tiny tiny shows. I and mean, he plays up in played up in New Jersey last year we saw him.
3: the days. but his day guitar work. ten long minutes they slowly us by Attention in the air, I could cut it with a knife. Staring out the window And gazing into the rain Suddenly he called my name And he looked me in the eye And he said, I do I am
1: Gonna know where I am And he's in recovery A lot of this song is about A long road, The journey
3: Yeah Yeah
1: Whoever recorded this album is a glitter. Oh, The sound quality on this album is what ridiculous. The hell? Yeah, this is a live album and it's like That's amazing, spotless. I like this better than any of his studio albums. It's so much better.
2: That's how I am with uh, was it Quitting Television by Wilco? Yes. That album. I mean, I love their studio stuff. I do. But, but they are so much
1: better live. Like, like a whole other band.
2: Late Greats Live totally different
1: song yeah have you seen some of his stuff that he's done like on like on Tiny Desk yeah and like like I gave did I let you borrow Sukurei yeah
0: no actually you didn't I just bought it oh you bought it yeah,
1: yeah. did you <laughs> that uh, was one of the ones sweetie? I bought while Sukure? I was listening to it not the whole the, whole album thing, the one, it one his his son?
0: Son. Yeah. dude it's like how good is that album I can't I, I don't know I haven't heard something that I liked that much in a really long time where wow, I was I was literally sitting here listening to him play it and halfway through the third song I opened up Amazon and I bought the CD yeah. just because I wanted to have some physical medium to, and I didn't yeah. think my vinyl setup was good enough to listen to it yet <laughs> I was like I'll just get a CD for now I'll just get a CD just the whole year. Over. but it's great man and also I mean like part of it too was like I'm a dad my kids love music too. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of push it on them because I'm a songwriter. But That's i cool. <laughs> but, but, like the fact that he made this and his son is 18, killing it on the drums yeah. on this album is amazing. <sighs> okay, so now I'd like I have to, to see Twe- this guy
2: I'd like to see Tweedy's boy just go up and just like totally massacre like Eddie Van Halen's song. Just be like, <laughs> he wins. He's a good drummer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's 7-8. That song in 7-8. Oh. That's probably the song I was listening to when I bought it. And I was just like,
2: nope. I like how you broke it down, though, because I can't... I've been into so many concerts. Like, I can't pick a favorite. I could have an award show and right, break it up by right. category. Yeah, there's definitely best, categories. be like, best company I was with. Right, like, right, right. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, what it's are the so sh- hard to pick one. I thought of two more shows that when you guys were both talking that really... Uh, I saw Dr. Dog play at the garage in West Grove. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I saw them play. They opened up for Wilco and the Yvette Brothers a couple weeks past at Camden. And then I saw them a few weeks later play in their hometown at a little community center that they were doing a fundraiser for. So that was a little surreal. And um, one of those shows where like the opener kind of drives it in was um, I saw Silver Sun Pickups. And it was Oh, I remember them. Silver Sun Pickups and then Manchester Orchestra was the second band. The opener cage the elephant. I like them oh, too. dude, they yeah. were so much fun. Yeah. And let's just say I was on a lot of B twelve that night for the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I rolled The first time you do something, you're like, I don't know what to expect. First I don't week, know what this first is gonna time be. Did Ecstasy? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. And That's then, definitely a memory that you have forever. So like, I think they played in like Eight No Rest for the Wicked" and the, the little like bells and symbols that they're playing. I just still remember that twing, tong, twang, and like almost seeing it in like the like the, the lights on the stage, and then just hearing them go into "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies. Oh, so, oh and come he, on. No, he climbs up this up to the balcony after one of their songs. Stage dives and you're off the at balcony, this point? and then so he jumps off this balcony, and everybody rushes towards him. I look over at my friend, and I go, "It works!" <laughs> I'll remember it to this day. <laughs> it works. <laughs> and he crowd surfs back in as the band starts playing. Where is my mind? Right. And then he gets on stage, and that's how their set ended with "Where Is My Mind" that's into awesome. Manchester Orchestra. By the end of them, I was like, I don't. Let's go watch a couple Silver Sun pickup songs, right. I guess. But I was just so like drained by the experience of the first two bands that it just kind of was like lost on me. Right, but right. yeah, seeing and since then I've seen Casey Elephant about five times, and that was easily like the smallest show I've seen them in for sure. But this song is so
1: fucking good, man. Like this album is just this kid. On drums, like the opening to this song, was just, doo, 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 doo. yeah, and it's so yeah. sonically well done. Like the whole album sounds like ridiculously, good. yeah. Like Jeff Tweedy's oh, yeah. on such another level when it comes to recording, like because all this, I'm sure they did this in at the Loft in Chicago, where they where Wilco does all their shit. Yeah. Like they have this ridiculous state-of-the-art like studio that's like the size of a, a mansion like, is
2: that the studio they're doing everything in and I am trying to break your heart yeah that
1: was the first album that they did it in, was Yankee Hotel Foxtrot did you see that documentary oh yeah I've seen it yeah. like a yeah. hundred times yeah. Yeah. one of my favorites it's great it's one of the best rock documentaries ever Yeah. yeah. what was the one with the seven eighth time World Away I think
0: it's the one right before it yeah. Yeah. A couple months before quarantine, um This is the one I've just been like I can't say when the guitar comes in, like really comes in. Oh yeah, when he comes in and plays the guitar. He plays every
1: instrument except the drums on this album. For the record. Yeah. And then when they go they play, play live they have a band, but yeah. like for their album, he recorded everything but the drums.
2: Which is ridiculous. About a month before we quarantined, a couple friends of mine went to uh, Alpen Rose in the city, a nice steakhouse. Right. It's real, like, trendy, but I got down there a couple hours early, and I had a couple errands to run. I got there early. I just sat in the, uh, I guess it's the Barnes and Nobles and Rittenhouse, or the Borders or whatever yep. one's still in business, and that place is ultimate for people watching, if you ever get a chance, because right. it's just... It's like a mixture of homeless people, kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. Center like, City. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw people doing like uh, like the pin and needle tattoos in the yeah, corner. Yeah. I worked I worked down there a couple yeah. years ago for it's a while. It's the work. one right across from Rittenhouse. But I sat in there and I read his book. And I went through like 200 pages in like three hours just right. sitting there. And... It's not fair that he's good at this, and then he can write a book like that. That catches my attention as much as Delicious. that dude. I didn't even know he wrote he a wrote book. He wrote a book, yeah. It's really good. He's so talented.
0: And it was cool here. It's really not fair.
2: It's cool hearing how he grew up and how his parents were, and seeing just like, you're like, alright, so I can see how this kid ends it's up like being this riff. person. Yeah. yeah. It is like a Zeppelin yeah.
1: Literally sounds like Jimmy Page. Yeah.
2: This almost reminds me of... Um, some of the stuff off of Schmilko. Yep.
1: Yeah. Similar. Yeah. I, I consider this like the lost Wilco album. It's literally like I would put it up against all my favorite Wilco albums. Really? So, and I and I well, say I'm that it's not style. lightly because I'm a huge Wilco fan. Yeah. But like I literally this and it's twenty one tracks. So like you get your money's worth. Like yeah. And you
2: know that these are all the songs that he's been trying to put out for years probably. Yeah. Like, and he was like, I, like I'll do it with
1: my kids. Like fine. to be honest, I'm not a big fan of like their last few albums. Like I like I like Schmilco that I just recently got. It started yeah. listening to it. I like A Whole Love that is really good, but I didn't like Star Wars. I didn't like uh, the self-titled one with the camel on it. Uh, yeah, that one never. Couldn't did get into either me. one of those, and it's like it's rare for me to not be able to get into a Wilco album. But
2: I this is way better than any of those. Do you listen to My Morning Jacket? Yeah. Evil Urges is always the album I just kind of... I can't behind. listen to that. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I'm an early... Do you like My Morning
0: Jacket? Mm-hmm. The only one I have is... Um, is it just Z? At Dawn. Oh, Z? Yeah. I think that that's the only diff- one I have. That one's so different. It's a great album, but it's so different compared to everything else that they put I think out. it's the one that you recommended for me when we were first talking about it. I just never went further than that. I Let's, love At Dawn. At Dawn.
1: And then, um... The Famous One. Um... It Still Moves. It Still Moves is like... Yeah. It Still Moves is probably one of the best albums period of the last 20 years.
2: Like
0: that is Oh, see, that sounds familiar, too. Maybe I knew At Dawn's it.
2: one of those songs that no matter when I listen to it, it gives me chills. Yeah. The beginning that, of that. That yeah. album
0: is very... Uh,
1: it's different. It's dark. Yeah. Compared to like... It Still Moves is like big and bright and like warm and yeah. fuzzy. One Big Holiday. That song's... That's always a locomotive, dude. That whole album is just yeah. like when I first heard that, I was like, who the fuck are these guys and how have I never heard of them before? Yeah. Because um, Jim James literally has like one of the best voices on the One planet of the best Earth. solo albums And uh I like Jim James' solo. State stuff. of the art. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that song.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I you know thinking about which concert I had the the, the best time at was probably the, the KRS one. I think the best production I've ever seen, it's tough because I, so I saw Nine Inch Nails and when he, it was later on, so it was like, this was like early 2000s probably or, or, and they, they did such a production around it, like they, they were flying in different scrims and like doing different effects with lights on it and doing, you know, so it was like a crazy huge, there was technology in it, there were all these monitors always playing just weird fucked up shit right. in reverse and like all kinds of stuff. So like, and sonically, it was really well mixed. So it was... It was cool to see his like one man band transformed into this like eight piece right. you know, live. Well he's production. a maniac, so like yeah. everything
1: he's gonna have is gonna be top of the line. Like yeah. I mean, like he's control freak, so he's it's not gonna sound like shit even if yeah. it's live. You know Trent is gonna put on a, a fucking concert, you know I mean? Yeah. I never
2: it's, saw them in May.
0: I've never seen them. It probably it probably is still second to I saw Tenacious D at Madison Square Garden. And they did. They had such an awesome setup because the stage was set up like an apartment. Right. So like their their stage yeah. was like they were on the apartment. I think I've seen it. And they they either snuck in through a secret door or they were on stage the whole time for the first like forty five minutes while people were loading in because right. the lights didn't change, but they an alarm started going off and they were on the couch like under blankets and they like. That was <laughs> acting like they woke up. So, like, they were there. It had to have been a secret door behind the couch or something, right. but I'm telling you, the, like, bulges on the couch never moved either. It was right. crazy. So they get up off the couch like it's the beginning of the where. day, picked up their guitars off their stands, and walked up to the mics and started playing. They so the were whole... so baked when they thought of that concept. Oh, dude. totally, yeah. <laughs> so the whole first half of that of the show was that. And, like, their friend Lee comes over because they have a song about Lee. And then, like, he came over and he played, like, tambourine for three songs or something. So the whole thing is just the two of them unplug the whole first half of the show. And then Lee, on his way out, accidentally knocks over a glass of water into their pedals. And, like, you think it's an accident, and then they start doing, like, electrocution special effects, and then the lights just went out. And there was a monitor in the center of the Madison Square Garden where they died. They basically died and they went to hell. So it was this re. It was this. <laughs> it was this videotape of them. Where are we? What happened? I don't know. The last thing I remember is fucking Lee knocking over a glass of water on our equipment, and they realize they're dead and they're in hell. So then they they're like they they come they come to the devil again, and they like he like tells them they have to play a show, or you know, and it has to be good, or though he's gonna take their souls. And when the lights come back up, the whole set had changed to a hellscape drums guitar bass oh they met jesus down there like and jesus plays bass <laughs> so the lights come Tenacious back is up awesome, the lights come back up and the rest of the band is dressed up like colonel sanders jesus and somebody else now i can't remember for the life of me and they play and they're on a hellscape and they've got the three bass drums that have the 36s on it and everything and they played the whole rest of the show the whole second half plugged in right. so they did all their like plugged songs and like that was probably the the best like production that I ever saw. We were so far away. We were nosebleeds. We made like a last minute, um, last minute decision to go and see them. Like you were saying earlier about like sometimes it's just cool to be like, wait, there's actually seats left for the show. Yeah. You want to drive to New York tonight and see Tenacious D? And we just went, and it was just it was huge and it was awesome. And it sucked that we were so far away, but it was an incredible spectacle to see. And they closed with. They closed with play. He played three um, covers of the Who. Nice. They played like Pinball Wizard, and was, I don't know. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. You can't to lose the Who. Yeah.
2: The Pick of Destiny lends itself to like my early like like pothead days the same way like tin cans with like holes cut in them do. <laughs> <laughs> like listening to the watch, getting like so high in my friend's basement off a of weed that looked like it was like catnip fucking yeah. oregano yeah. like with stick like a big stick with like a couple right. little pieces of weed right. in Just it dirt. and like a monster energy drink can <laughs> but
0: if you chop the stem up enough it'll hurt yeah. <laughs> <And> like,
2: <laughs> like being like alright let's play it Tony Hawk let's play Tony Hawk and let's watch The Pick of Destiny oh, God. And oh, watching yeah. watching them uh, that's that's a good afternoon Dave Grohl right, right. is the devil yep, I'm right. the devil I love metal <laughs> yeah
0: that I loved that movie I think I, I'm a sucker for their for their whole process and their like their image of we're, we're like loser open micers and then they they accidentally you know write the greatest song in the world and then the, you know, devil takes note like did you ever get into Flight of the Concords? Yes. Yeah. yes and he is oh, so good. He's such a good songwriter. Oh my God yeah like it's it's funny which is which is great. but like yeah. musically their stuff is so good. That guy could say anything and it makes oh, me God. laugh. A kiss with, is not a contract. Jermaine Clement no. Jermaine is Clement, so
1: yeah. fucking naturally funny. Like the dude is genius. And have you seen the the show that he did, the spin-off show that he's producing and writing for? Um, what we do in the shadows. No, dude, and, and that is been... the funniest show on right. any platform right now by far. Like two seasons.
0: Well, it's got a bunch of my favorite people in it
1: too. So it and has I, tons I can't of cameos. That I haven't watched it. Has it has a cameo from somebody like every episode, oh. and it's like there are three like unknowns, like the, the three main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jermaine Clement is like he has cameos in it. He writes, produces. So like if you saw the movie, it makes more sense. So it's about modern day like vampires from like the 1500s like moved to new york city <laughs> now it's and they live in a house and it's like how they like deal with like modern times but it's total parody on like all of, like the vampire trilogy. oh that's yeah. awesome and i know
2: mean, i've i've definitely seen and it's
1: that same new zealand like dry humor. like weird humor yeah. that like flight of the concords has but like up to notch
0: like it's so ridiculous okay. All right, easily well, good. the funniest show uh, on TV right now. I I'm I'm gonna start watching it immediately. <laughs> I think because We just finished something. Um, FXX, okay. Yeah, I feel you like I've Atlanta? seen it
1: on Hulu too. I love that show. That I think so that's good. easy. That's one of the best shows. Period. Yeah. Um, I lo- I watched I rewatched the whole series uh like a month ago. It's so good on quarantine. I think I'd watch the whole. Is series that HBO? Over. That was good. FXX, and I like.
2: I like oh, uh, Dave, the Little Dicky show. You know the rapper, comedy rapper, Little Dicky. Uh, he's like, he's a comedy rapper. Oh, uh, okay. He's like a white kid from Philly. Oh, uh, okay. And he basically makes himself like a reality TV show. Right. <laughs> very, very similar vibe almost to like Atlanta's kind of like. Dude, humor. Daniel Glover's so talented. Yeah. did you anything. ever see? Um, it was right. He started Derek Comedy. It was like on like right when YouTube was getting popular, and they had the bro rape skit. Glover? Yeah. No. He was in this thing. It was Why called, no, it was, like, he got popular on Community. It was bro rape. Yeah. And it's like, it's sweeping the nation through every Dave Matthews show parking oh lot, every God. Fish Reunion tour. Bros. He what's has a bro? Su- he has
1: <laughs> such a great perspective on like, white people like he's so plugged into like because like white people can watch it and not be offended that a black guy wrote it because it's so on the money like (laughs) he's so good at
2: capturing how stupid we are but they made it like catch a predator so like the dude comes in with like his like book bag he's like what you got here he's like I got a Jack Johnson CD some Dreamcast he's like what's this what's a big black dildo alright he's like did you spray Axe body spray on this he's like I didn't want it to get stale (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> so that's
2: how Glover's I found that. Glover's really lover. dark, dude. He's he had a really dark these, sense of humor. If you oh, ever yeah. get a chance, look up Derek Comedy. I will. And it was all of these like, like off the wall skits. Like this kid. Like it's like Shepherd and, loves that show too. Atlanta.
0: Oh yes, yeah. uh, and I don't. I don't think I've seen it yet at all. Oh, it's so good. Because yeah. if it's on FX, it's hard for me to get to it unless it's picked up by a different streaming service. I, think I watch it on Hulu. Because right now I'm all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe Hulu Premium has Maybe it. Maybe I can get it. If you pay for Hulu, it has it on there. Okay. All, all the whole series.
2: Uh, it? It's like
1: three seasons or something. I think FX, it's like three is, seasons.
2: FXX is kind of like. Ever since they got Always Sunny put on there. Yes. They were just like. FXX could, is pretty good. We dude. could put. We, we're we not really going to like listen to Like they say fuck sometimes. Right. But whatever. Like yes. Yeah. Every
1: once yeah. in a yeah. while. Yeah. 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 Atlanta is definitely an adult show. Yeah. Like Always Sunny. And then that. Um, what we do in The Shadows, think, yeah. they definitely let whatever fly. Like they say whatever. Like it's all all systems go as far as like profanity and shit which it's hilarious absolutely hilarious
0: there's been a lot there's been a lot of good soundtracks in TV lately I just watched the second season of Umbrella Academy I haven't on, gotten into on that Netflix. yet and
2: that's the lead singer of My Hard, Chemical Romance is that Romance the superhero is, uh... the kids are like superheroes yeah they,
0: the kids were born super and they right. don't understand why and a bunch of them were adopted by one guy and they don't know why and right. like so if you can if you can stick through the weirdness of it it gets pretty good but like yeah, the like whole weird. the whole second season was better than the first season which season which is rare right but the soundtrack was incredible there was like Spencer Davis group and there were all there were all these like kooky cause like part of it It, it, the the story jumps around in time a little bit, Mm -hmm. so there were all these great like '60s songs that were not not huge '60s hits, but just like sort of just like a collection of B sides, but killer soundtrack. Right. And we just finished two seasons of Sex Education on Netflix, which is a British show. I saw that, but it's got a bunch of really great, really great like post punk songs in it, and a lot of like really. It's it's in my queue that show. Yeah. The it's Umbrella funny, Academy. Have you watched
1: The Boys? Yes. The new yeah. season just came out. Yeah, we Dude, just, that we just show, got caught up. If you like superhero shit, that is that first season was killer, man. Yeah. It was so good.
2: The Umbrella Academy, if I'm not mistaken, is based off a comic book written yes. by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Yep. Yeah. So you my know, parents we were go. watching it. And I'm Surprisingly, like, yeah. Well, you know that black parade song that gets on your nerves on the radio. That's the same guy. It's <laughs> The off. same guy. My Chemical suck Romance. It. Oh my yeah. god.
0: Yeah, The Boys is based on a comic too. Yes. The Boys and they've deviated a little bit from the story. That show's so dark. So it's still fresh. Yeah, it's crazy. It, was it really is good. it's purely what if superheroes were real? This is what would happen. This is right. America's. It's totally super how it would be. Radio. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like if they were sponsored by like corporate entities, like. If they were, that was was driving superheroes. Did were, you ever see um, um, the Watchmen? Yeah. Another dark what? one. Okay, I have HBO.
0: I haven't watched the HBO show oh. yet, and it's because it's a
1: slow burn. Yeah. But once it picks up, you're like you're hooked. It's so good.
0: I want to get I want to get Mel to watch the movie Zack Snyder's yeah. movie. My just, wife watched it without seeing the movie, and she still did. liked it. Okay, yeah. well then you don't maybe, really don't need to see. the movie Maybe we'll just jump into into like it because it makes more sense
1: if you've seen the movie absolutely but right. my wife never I think she saw it like 10 years ago and forgot it completely
0: well and I had the, I had a couple of the graphic novels from the Watchmen that's long, one long of my ago. favorite
1: comic book movies of all time the yeah. director's cut too like the long one
0: they mm-hmm. really
1: show everything Like it's so good it's like three three and a half hours long
2: right do you remember that uh I think it was called Birdman yeah yeah Keaton Keaton oh that was a crazy soundtrack. That soundtrack's fantastic. That was real cool. That is one of
1: the coolest movies yeah. in the last fifteen years. You know that one, I Ed Norton seen was either. in it.
2: That was a good movie. That was one of those movies I'd never in a million years. I thought it was going to be like Deadpool. Emma Stone, and then I went in, and it was like basically a theater behind the scenes of a Broadway. It show. It was
1: one long take. Yeah. So the whole movie is one long, which has been done a lot. Like. Right. It's become very popular. Yeah, yeah. But the way they do it in this, and then they interject like jazz drummers like throughout the whole thing, like yeah, out of nowhere, like a jet, like you're, he's walking by, and, like there's a dude just playing the drums, like while they're like in middle of a conversation, walking through this. The whole thing's filmed so in a theater, scoring it, but yeah, the whole thing's yeah. filmed inside this theater in New York City. The guy's uh, stumbling around drunk, and, and he's they're playing, like, boom, doom, boom. he's playing boom, a parody boom. of of Batman. Right. So, like, he's like, what would happen? Like, he he's like, everybody of of wants him characters. to be like Batman from the 90s. Like, that was who he was popular for. And then he wants to be, transition to this theater career. And everybody's like, you're a freaking super, you're a movie star. You're like, like an action right. figure actor. You can't do serious theater. And, and that's, that's why that's it was what, so good that it was yeah. Keating doing it. Well, yeah, and Michael Keaton is, like, one of the most underrated, like, actors. He's so fucking good. Yeah. And he just crushes it in this movie. I mean, Edward Norton, everybody knows he's great. Yeah. And, of course, he eats up every scene he's in, too. Yeah. So he plays, like, the typical... He plays himself. Yeah. Because, supposedly, <laughs> oh, no. Edward Norton is a yeah. complete douchebag in real life, and, like, he ruined his entire career because he was so hard to work with. Like, so many directors were like, yeah, I'll never work with that guy, because he's method actor, like, like right. Christian Bale. Like, those dudes are just so... In their own fucking world, but, like, they're dicks at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he literally plays, like, that guy, but, like, a Broadway iteration of himself. Like, what he would be like if he was just a Broadway actor and not nice. a movie star. Um, While we're yeah, on the I topic of that.
2: movies with the method actor kind of being taken lightly, I watched Tropic Thunder last weekend. Right. And that is one of the best, um... Robert Downey. Robert Downey Jr. movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, that movie's so good. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting when I first watched it. I was like, this is gonna be stupid. I saw it. And movie then I was like, this theaters. is actually genius. I
2: saw it in the movie theater down the beach, like when I was like Danny McBride has a big yeah. part of that. He's so fucking funny. Danny McBride's so funny. Um he he had one of the South best lines and, and um This is uh This is the end. Yeah. Remember that movie? Yeah. With all like the actors. He's like
0: That one I still have to see too. And I've been trying to find it now and you can't stream it anywhere, so they you don't, just gotta buy it.
2: They don't invite <laughs> him to the uh to the party.
0: No, no. Uh, this is the end. This is the end. Is the one that I keep. Oh, saying. that movie's so bad. They don't. Yeah. They don't invite I mean. him
2: to the uh, party, and he's just like fucking Jonas here. He thinks he's big now because he was in Moneyball. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like Chase funny. Franco wants to be like this big superstar, and then he gets to the one guy. He's like, Chris? I don't even know. if you were in town? It's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> it had its moments. Like it was, you had to take it for what it was. Like, Michael, it was,
2: Sarah, was all just, coked up, grabbing yeah. Rihanna's ass. Yeah, so.
1: it was. It was definitely wild. I think I saw
0: that in the movie theater. That's funny. But, yeah, no, I've, I've wanted to see it just because It uh, you know, it's basically all of them deciding they were going to make be a themselves. movie about themselves yeah. and make fun of themselves and have funny. it be in the middle of the, the end of the world. There's a lot of, a lot of came in and going fucked off.
2: us up and our, stole all of our food. I just remember a lot of semen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <sighs> that and Jonah Hill Pratt. God, it's me, Jonah Hill from Moneyball <laughs> <laughs> I love Jonah Hill.
1: Yeah. Oh, shit. He was
2: good in that movie. Um, they can't. He can't get far by foot, dude. With Joaquin I Phoenix, love that movie. That movie was so good, blew my mind. That movie was one of the closest. I think I teared up during that movie. Oh, I cried at the end. Yeah, I totally cried at the end. Yeah, that was good. Yeah.
1: Um, Which one is that? He won't get far on foot. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix. I did not see he that. plays a quad. He gets hit in a car accident, and he's an alcoholic. And he's he, a cartoon artist, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah. And he gets. Uh, gets in a car and drunk driver and oh. gets paralyzed and then like he goes into recovery and like it's basically the story of him getting sober but like he has like Jonah Hill as like his AA sponsor who's like this like weird like gay
2: yeah. guru
1: like AA sponsor that's like sponsored like 20 people but he's like he's dead on about everything and then oh dude it's just it's so good like I'd never seen a movie where they actually captured what like working the 12 steps is actually like like as far as like making amends and forgiveness and stuff like that, like I was—that's why I was crying at the end because yeah. I had so many parallels in my life to what happened in that movie. I was like, "Holy shit!"
2: A lot of people gave it so shit, deep. but Rocket Man—that uh, was, that was that great movie? movie. I thought that was great. Yeah. Oh, I, I hate musicals, movie, and I like that movie. Yeah, that was good. But when, like, he when he I tell like, you I hate musicals, like I fucking hate. Musicals. I don't like musicals. I like that, but and, I like, love Across Rocket the Man. Universe about the Beatles. I don't like that. That no. movie I liked. But um, in The Rocket movie. Man, when he's like breaks in, he's sitting in the AA meeting, yeah. just like dressed up like the devil. Yeah. basically. Oh,
1: dude, that movie is so good. That guy, that guy crushed it.
2: Yeah. And he and the soundtrack.
1: I mean, Elton John is so good. Yeah. Like you don't even realize like how many fucking songs he wrote and how genius he was. Like from the age of like he was a prodigy. Yeah. Like, yeah. The dude was like writing like just classically trained from like birth. Did you yeah, hear see, the? I uh, knew nothing about
0: him. Yeah. Before seeing
2: the yeah. covers album that they did recently and um Queens of the Stone Age does Goodbye Yellow Brick Road oh. and it's a banger dude, dude wow. is there anything that banger. Queens of the Stone
1: Age do that's not a fucking nah, banger no it is a like, banger and um no. Songs for the Deaf like
0: yeah songs that to the song great.
1: we're gonna listen to that upstairs before, while I'm grilling burgers just, <laughs> just that and I have to play oh that's what I want to talk about was new toys new stuff oh yeah you stuff got that I got yeah um what were you gonna say? I right, you real fat.
2: It's kind of dumb, but um, my little sister and I have like a real good like relationship with music and talking about, and my mom too. My mom's a big music person. She, I was saying like her favorite is like yeah, you had to get it from somewhere. Tenders, right? My mom was always listening to music. Christie um, Hines, fantastic. Yeah, but my sister goes, if you're gonna get married, what song do you dance with mom to? Oh. And I said, Mona Lisa and Mad Hatters. Oh. And, Good the, choice. But the Killers cover that they do on that album, okay. And the Killers did it. Yeah. Okay. And my sister's like, I told my friend Michelle, and she started crying when she heard that choice. She you know, was like, awesome. It's dead on.
1: I. Lo- that's like my favorite. That might be my favorite. L. John Johnson. song. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, that is a banger. That and I mean, it's tough with Tiny Dancers, really good, and um, but yeah, Mona Lisa and Mad Hatters.
2: Yeah, that's probably I one of all that song. Yeah. I don't know that song.
1: No. No. You'll know it as soon as you hear it. Sons it's one of
2: bankers, so- sons of lawyers, uh, turn around and say good morning yeah. to the night. I didn't get into them until college. I had a, I, I had a
1: guy in college that was big into El- Elton John and um, somebody else. He got me into the Rolling Stones, who I was never really into beforehand. So, like, Because he listened to tons of classic rock, and I was more yeah. like Led Zeppelin, like... This is the song that hooked me the first time I ever heard this album. Yeah, it's a good one. This is like the ultimate love song. Like His lyrics are so fucking good. Jim James. This, this is, is my from, Morning Jacket. It still moves. This is the album you should have listened to instead of Z.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Z's, Z's, Z's good. Z holds up on it. But it's same, different.
1: But... This is like...
2: He's a good album to get somebody into my morning jacket, yeah. and then this is like the nail in the call. Yeah.
1: yeah, Those are the only two really, you really need. The new this, one's good. I've listened to it; it's not bad. Yeah, I'm still. They're one of those bands that I have to listen to a couple times. Yeah, like especially their newer because sometimes they get a little weird.
2: Yeah.
1: But this album, I mean, literally, I mean, all the way through, like there's not one fucking bad song in this whole album. It's still moving. It's it's considered, I think, Rolling. It makes Rolling Stones list every of like best albums yeah. in the last 20 it's always in like the top 20 like it's ridiculous since i think they put out a list of like best albums since 2000 and this one is always like in the top 10 of like yankee, yankee hotel, foxtrot yankee hotel Fox radio Radioheads, kid a like all those yeah. this is like up there in that echelon
2: in an airplane over the sea always yeah. makes it yeah. all in there that's yeah. a neutral milk hotel. that's a sleeper dude yeah that's one of my favorites Not to
1: people that know music i mean people that know music like that's fucking I mean, everybody
0: knows that I love that album. Yeah, Trying Shep- to explain that's that's that Shepard's to people, shit. like, what's this yeah.
2: album about? Well, this guy was a recluse that he thought he was the reincarnation of Anne Frank and wrote a song, album, entire album about it. That album's so wild. That that guy's voice is so different.
0: So, yeah, that recording, that, that whole vibe is just very different. Yeah. That recording of O'Connell was supposed to be a sound check. There's a whole. There's a great book. I'll never read the first time I
1: heard that song. I was like,
0: yeah there's a, a series of books called 33 and a third where they basically break down an album and they talk about like the production behind it and all that stuff it, they don't really make them anymore. But I had one for in utero and I had one for in the airplane over the sea and they like, I gotta get that on vinyl. He, yeah. Uh, I haven't even opened it yet because I'm waiting for a good system to put it on. Yeah. <laughs> I had, so they, 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 he sat down in the, um you have that one. I have that record. On yeah. On vinyl. Yes. On vinyl. I got. I bought it in Canada. It was is like, like, is it, it like, like a,
1: a new one or like original? It. Uh,
0: I don't know. I'll have to check. I'll check against Discogs. Get it? Oh, Discogs. It was it. Okay. Yeah. It was no. I'll check it on Discogs. But I, like with the UPC, just to see all the info. But I bought it in Canada in 2009. Oh, so wow. I don't know. Yeah. It was, you've never cracked it. Nope. I still what? have not opened it yet. Well, I, I didn't have my I didn't have my vinyl set up. Who cares? I would find something until, until it, like make something <laughs> and they're like move. Let me listen I'll to get, like that a album. needle
1: and a fucking straw and be like, well, all right, let's do this. One. But
0: yeah, so they were they were doing a sound check and he was playing um he was playing a scratch track through, which is basically like he's gonna play and sing with one microphone and they're gonna use it to track everything else. Like yeah. he'll play the guitar over it with a nice version. He'll play the vocals over it with a nice version. They'll add the horns and everything later. Which is why in the song he's going da 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 wow. da, da. It's like this is where the horns are gonna be. Yeah, yeah. And the the engineer when he he play he wound up playing through the whole song instead of just waiting, and then you can actually hear the engineer you have to be careful with your ears or speakers but if you turn it way up at the very end of the song you can hear the engineer through the glass go
2: holy shit
0: (laughs) that's the and that's the track that they kept for it like they they multi-tracked in the horns and everything and the and the harmonies over top of it but they like the the original guitar and vocals was just from the scratch track and they were like it had all the emotion that that he wanted he was like you can't you can't record this again Like this is the track you have to. Another
2: keep. band I discovered through brand new covering. When I saw them play with Manchester Orchestra and come to buy, just turn it way down
0: before it gets to the next track. Ah,
1: you heard it. <laughs> That's awesome! I never noticed that yeah. before.
2: The three That's bands great. I saw all came on stage and this played "Aala" in 1945 with all. The bass drum, the horns, and everything—it was all three bands playing at once. That I went to go see; it was incredible. Did you ever get into the format? No. My sister really liked them, and I said they became fun. Who had that big Mm -hmm. "We Are Young" song? Yep. But they had an album called Dog Problems, which is probably one of my favorite albums from start to finish. But it was right before that vinyl revival came out, Mm -hmm. and they only pressed like 500 copies of this album. I was like I got to get this for Alex's birthday, my sister. And I paid probably close to $90 for it off of eBay. But like incredible art. It's like a bunch of like dogs kind of like in almost like a Norman Rockwell-esque kind of like look, right. but like I like got like a psychedelic Norman Rockwell. Right. And you pull out the album insert, insert and all the faces come out with it and all the That's faces are like albums covered in like kind of like a carpeting. All right, kind of, It was really cool. Yeah, I love but,
1: I love when people put work into the packaging of albums. Um, such a lost art.
2: Yeah, it was a very like I was like as soon as I got it, I was like, okay, this is worth the money because it's one of the original pressing of an album for a band that doesn't exist anymore. Right. That's just never gonna get repressed.
0: Dude, going going through those that no code album, <laughs> with all the all the inserts oh. that are in there. Yeah. That was great. And you're right, I, I did not give that album, that full album, a chance. But everything I heard on it, I was like, oh my god, Red Mosquito, oh my god. that like, I was just mosquito. like, yes, yes, yes. That's such but a banging song. Listening to it all the way through, man, there are songs that sound like such a departure for them.
1: That's, I seriously Crazy. think that's, that's my favorite Pearl Jam album, I think yeah. now. Like, now that I've gotten older, I mean, it used to be the first three. You know, it was like, kind of just the trilogy. But like, that album... In terms of how they did stuff differently and like the recording
0: process of it, there, it sounds really good on vinyl. Yeah. Um, so it's like there are songs that sound like straight up country songs, right? And then he's got just messy and then, shit and then, where like he's screaming. Then there's and there's
1: like three like Neil Young rip off songs yeah. on that album.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like Red yeah.
1: Mosquito and uh, what's the other one? Uh, it's like it's Smile. Smile is Smiles basically dude. a Neil Young song like he could have like literally just ghost written that song. Yeah.
2: My buddy was blaring Neil Young last night on the way back from yeah, it. And I dude. mean it helps
1: I'm a huge Neil Young fan too yeah. so.
2: Good on Eddie Vedder for continuously just having some of the greatest openers too. In yeah. My Morning Jacket it got real popular off the opening for yeah. Pearl Jam. Um, a lot of bands. The Kings of Leon. Yep. Well, a lot of the bands we just talked about opened up opened for Pearl Jam. <laughs> Same no. with Radiohead. A lot of Radiohead yep. And, uh... Yeah, I, I've i come up with so many of my, like... The bands I listen to just from hearing openers. From openers,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of, of somebody that, like, I had never heard of until...
1: I have, a good, I, saw, I have a good one.
0: Oh, okay. I saw Bush um, and the Toadies, and I remember oh, the, the Toadies, toadies were for, so much better. Than oh, my Bush God, yeah. What a great so band. Good. The Toadies are awesome. They, because they open with like awesome their, Kingdom. three of their It's like one of the songs greatest songs
1: of the 90s ever.
2: Yep. Ever. Marcy's Playground, that album with Sex yeah. and Candy on that it, has song. bangers yeah. on all oh, that song. Poppies yeah. on that album yeah. is a banger. And presence, there's so presence many United movies.
1: States of America They come to mind When I hear those bands too Oh yeah They had a couple good
0: albums yeah. um, They did They played such Crazy instruments wasn't Yeah that, their bass that all yeah. Two strings Yeah they were awesome dude Wasn't that the band dig. That did
2: Lump Lump Yeah, yeah.
0: They,
1: She's Lump She's Lump And the uh, Peaches had three strings. Peaches Peaches is a good song. Peaches came out Right Millions when we moved From Prospect Park Peaches To Oxford That was like our anthem <laughs> And the end of that song Where they jam out It was like Dude, Peach is a great song. It's you hear their stuff and it's silly, but like, that actually, they're that one album that one of their albums is like legit good album all the way through. I forget yeah, which yeah. one it is because I didn't, I'm not that big into them, but
0: yeah, I, I only I ever had them. the very first one. Whenever I
1: hear them, I'm like, yes, and I turn <laughs> it off. <on. laughs>
2: now, let me ask you, have you, ever, have you ever heard of Daniel Johnson? Yeah, that guy has like. I watched. Well, that, it just died, right? Yeah, yeah. The The Devil versus Daniel Johnson on like, right. Amazon or something. Yeah, I can't, so can't, I've songs, tried. I I can't get into him. He's such a goofball, but yeah. like him, like being like a schizophrenic, he like crashed his yeah, dad's private plane. Yeah. And um, but so many songs were covered by hit other people that became popular. That you're right. like, I didn't realize this was him. Right. Uh, there's like a couple Bright Eyes songs. There's some Pearl Jam's done some covers of him. But it's always that one picture of Kurt Cobain that they always had, and he's wearing the Daniel Johnson um, oh, album yep. on. And it's like, you f- see that years later, and you're like, oh, that's who that guy is. Right. But yeah. yeah. So you're hearing all the covers that he had that ended up becoming popular songs. And it's just I got a good one. Um, Do you remember the band The Cribs?
0: Is this, yeah. like, op- is this an opener? Band you were talking
2: about? All right, so like
1: the, so I went to see the Cribs, right? Um, if you know, you've probably heard their shit. This is my favorite Cribs song by far. Yeah, I remember it's this a little song. piece of pop perfection. they were from Britain, right? It's just so fucking catchy and like just sugary. But he's got that like I don't give a shit British attitude.
3: Yeah.
1: And I'm cold. So this Johnny Marr, like Johnny Marr Mar from the Smiths, produced, was on there their yeah, last yeah. album so he wrote they,
2: like two albums with modest mouse too yeah yeah,
1: yeah. johnny mars the shit is awesome but like he helped put these guys on the Just map the so these they had they were like a flash in the pan band of, like the early 2000s okay. this was one of their songs and like maybe one other one and i was totally into them i love their first three albums
0: you have to say one of their songs there's quite a bit of plays there yeah <laughs> men's needs i don't even like that song
1: I mean they're good
2: like their fucking guitar work is awesome this was in that time where things are really shifting into the internet being the yeah. way that a lot of people got their music and yeah. i remember hearing bands i like, dude Pers. i love these guys i was yeah. listening to all their shit for like a year i remember there was a band called the fratellis that i like that was just one of these like one of the hit there flash in the pans that nobody else would have I mean, I'm sure they had. These a guys were the kings board. of
0: catchy guitar rhythms. I was going to yeah. say, this is apparently also the rise of playing your bass with a pick. Yeah. Because yeah, he is rocking the <laughs> Oh, this dude <laughs> is a
1: killer bass player. I'm a,
0: I'm a big bass. I love good bass, man. Like That's why Interpol is like one of my yeah. favorite. So, yeah, you're all about the bass and the drums. Yeah. You gotta have a good rhythm section. Without a foundation.
1: So I was into it's these guys, and, I, and they were playing at Johnny or um, North Star Bar.
0: Nice.
2: Did you ever go to a show there, North Star? I had tickets to a show that I never went to in North Star. Have you been there?
1: Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah,
2: man. We were going to Boot and Saddle. Oh, South that Billy sounds band. familiar. South Billy uh, venue. No. Real small. Never went.
1: So I went to see these guys. The Cribs were the were the band to go see. At the nor- I was with one of my girlfriends at the time. and It was like early, mid-2000s, 2006, something like that. Mm. And the opening band came out. And I was like, uh, "These are, these guys are going to suck." They were like these young kids; they looked like they were out of high school. Uh, and it turns out they were like college. They were all at the University. Of Sy- they were at Syracuse. They all met up there, and they are all friends with the guys from Vampire Weekend. Yeah, which I had no idea about at the time. And I was just like, the girl comes out with a stand up bass. The girls got one. Girl's got a vi viol- like classically trained violin player. And I was like, this is going to be stupid. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, I came, to, came here to see a fucking British garage band. Like, and these guys come out as the opener. Right. And they blew the cribs off the stage. Like, they were so much better than the cribs live. Like, the cribs were like dicks. Like, they came late and they were just like playing like they didn't want to be there. Just typical British. We They thought that they were going to be like the next like, fucking The Who or something. Like, they, they were so overblown. Gotcha. For what they were. And this band turned out to be. These guys are still together and still play. I think both of them are, but. Ra 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 Riot is the name of the band.
2: I was like, boy, by them. By Rob
1: Riot, yeah. Their first Their first album Their first two albums The Rum Line And Orchard I would put up against Any music of like The early Like 2000's Like they came out And I was like I'd never heard A band Rob huh? Like with the classical instruments And the way they And this guy's voice This dude Has pipes yeah. Like serious pipes For a band For what they were And I don't know how They didn't blow up Because this whole album Like Every single fucking song They got sampled a lot too Yeah The first six songs On this album Are phenomenal Like just Non-stop But like Live They crushed it like They were so good And like wow. I was like Who the fuck Are these guys This guy's voice Was with guys. tiny little guy And he comes up he's got like A beanie hat Looks like this hipster And he's just got This clean Clear voice not a great recording,
3: but,
1: but like the string section.
3: I mean like every
1: another band with a great
2: bass bass lines. Did you ever jump into MGMT at all? Yeah, I couldn't get into them.
1: I like the one Oracle one album. Spectacular was Yeah, Oracular like, Spectacular. Yeah. That album Okay. I had a girlfriend that I broke up with, and she was all about them, so it left a bad taste in my mouth.
2: The Of uh, Birds, I saw them on that album, my principal birds and stars. They something. were so overhyped, I felt. That album, though, was my senior year summer, and I just remember just, it was all summer of just eating ecstasy, listening to that, and swimming in this girl's <laughs> That was, it was just such was the all-summer. it was
1: such a slick, douchey album, like I just couldn't get into Dude, it. Dude, when that,
2: when that... Know you got it's holes like in your now, face On the you know, real thing. What you know I, about I just, the temperature I, I, I just can't get into that That's all dude I, I still get pumped up to it When I listen to it But yeah I remember them being real I'm a big uh, Vampire Weekend Oh I love Vampire Weekend And That first album blew yeah. my mind That was good I liked the third one a lot um, With Step On It And that's it like that was originally a, uh, a hip hop song yeah. and I was like whoa never knew until I heard it years later that it was actually originally a hip hop song
1: no, Vampire Weekend's a whole nother podcast yeah. right <laughs> guys,
2: this that is really guys a really just... good band
1: to listen to like, with earphones because yeah. there's so much going on I really like this sound. Oh, it's fantastic. I love his voice. They had this, this violin player. She's like classically trained, like, she's just so good.
2: It almost sounds this like it could great. be the same one that does a lot of the Vampire Weekend work.
1: She probably does. They're, they run happens. in the same circles. Yeah. They're used to it. But his voice is just
2: fantastic. Yeah.
3: So, I just like it because it didn't sound like anything
1: that I had really heard before. Yeah. It had that nice indie
2: vibe to it, but it also had, like, the classical. The format was like that when I heard them. They had some songs that were, like, 1940s, like, doo-wop almost, mixed with, like, pop punk. Yeah, this was always the one that I heard. This album was way better produced. And I heard it on it like... Way better sound. I think I heard it on like a Travelocity commercial or something. The bass is ridiculous. Yeah, this was always what caught me. Oh, it sounds like an Interpol bass Yeah. Carlos so dude. Interpol. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. I, I introduced them recently to one of my friends, and every time it was just coming into his house, just blaring, yeah. and he's just like, what did you do to me? Turn on the Bright Lights is like in my top five albums of all time by
1: anybody ever. Mm, yeah. I can't remember now When I listened to I was so like Just entrenched in it For so For months When it came out I was
2: Second um
1: Probably cause I'm a And I didn't realize I was a Joy Division fan Until I listened to that album Yeah And then I was like Wait a minute He sounds just Like and I heard Ian Curtis Cause I was never I'd always known About Joy Division But never really Got like I knew their main songs But yeah. then like When I got into them I was like Oh my god like, This is why I like Interpol I was like, Cause these guys are so similar,
2: and then who who did Joy Division? Either turn New Order, in, New Order, yeah. yeah, which are fantastic yeah. as well. Yeah. Age of Consent, yeah. Oh God, oh, Hitter. <laughs> oh, that whole
1: yeah. yeah, New Order, Joy Division. It's like another worm. Love the Smiths, it's like a whole other yeah. I'm a huge Smiths fan. I like British stuff. Those
2: are all the bands that influenced what I ended up listening to when I was growing up. The Cure, the Cure, all that stuff, yeah, um, yeah. It, that's the thing I like about music. Well, yeah, Mike,
1: you should check these guys out. Yep.
2: Nope. Already Both done of these albums,
1: <laughs> the Rom Line and the Orchard. So good. I, <laughs> if
0: Whoever I turn on to this, always they're like, "How have I never heard of these guys? They're so good." It's just good. There was there was uh, there was a lot of music in two thousands that yeah. that had this kind of. Formula, but right. couldn't nail it. Right, like there was somebody would throw a violin into a band. You know, right. it was like like Margot and the Nuclear So and So. Yeah, throw like a toy piano into it, and right. all, you're like, what? What did you just do? They to, were very know? catchy. There's lots of different stuff that they changed. So. What was
2: that? Brickle Rip is burning. Oh. Brickle Creek is burning. Crick, uh... Uh, and the girls are getting yeah. sick from huffing glue. <laughs> while, is this Margot and the Nuclear So? Yeah. <laughs> while their boyfriends pick they up, they just chicks. like disappeared.
0: Yep, yeah. they did. They had like one or two good albums, and yeah. that's it. But this, like, but that what one I, album's really good. Yeah. What I meant was that, like, I don't this, know. That, but this, this really stands out. Just like the musicality of it, and I his think, voice especially is pretty sweet. Yeah, oh, he's got a great voice. I it think it's better.
2: A lot of this, okay, to kind of. Step out a little bit Catch came from at. a lot of the Bright Eyes stuff that he was putting out. He right. was had such an influence in the early 2000s that every album he was putting out was totally different. Bright was, Eyes, yeah, yeah. He's I, I had a phase
1: for him for a while. Yeah, yeah. He's I'll more always, proof.
2: Fevers and Mirrors was one of my favorite albums. He's another prodigy, child yeah. prodigy musician. Hate in the ass to deal with, I would imagine. Yeah. But
0: he's more proof that like heroin makes good music. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like he's the proof, sober now. The proof that you don't want. Oh, really? He's pretty open. Yeah, he's oh. openly sober. Yeah. Oh, that's good.
1: For the last five, I think it's like five years now. Yeah, this
2: is a good song. Yeah, this whole album is
1: yeah. solid.
2: The spacey kind of. These guys are very New England, like very like. I like I like the upbeat but calming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can ever pull that off, you I think five. it's shadow
1: casting is the other one that's really good on here. Yeah. They just have a is a much cleaned up sound on this album compared to the first one. It's still good. Yeah. But this like this still sounds good. Like ten years later, it still sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And they brought his vocals up in the mix, much better than the first album. Like whoever did it was really they knew what they were doing.
2: This yeah. is what Passion Pit was getting popular too. That's another That's band what I that I devoted for. a lot of time to. Deep diving on some of the crazy, like slat. Indie meets EDM kind of music that they were putting out back then. Stop. It's good, right? Oh, it's so
1: good. It's so it's very nineties. I think it has like a nineties sound yeah. to it. It's probably why we like it. It's probably why it tickles our old ears. We're like, Yeah, this is twenty ten. Like, this is like Yeah, it's ten years old now. Well, they've had, well, they, they've they've had co- a bunch of albums since then. They just put out one a few years ago. They put out Super Blue. Last year, they put out one. So they
3: have one, two,
1: three, four, five, five albums.
0: This was... These you get a kick out of this. I was looking up the engineer and the producer just to see, you know, who it was if he was somebody we knew. His name's Andrew Mori. I had never heard of him. He's recorded, you know, a couple of This is the 5th album he was ever a producer on Was this. Like that's that's pretty hot. His young
1: is very yeah. slick.
0: Yeah, his first his first album he ever got producer credit on was in 2009. And then next year he did this one. Yeah, there's there sounds definitely Oh, he changed. worked with Death Cab, later, later Death Cab albums. And Panama Wedding, which I've never heard of.
1: I remember listening to this album like last year because I went into a Rabah Right wormhole for like a month right? where I was always listening to
3: And it's like. Ah.
1: They started to try to sound like Vampire Weekend too much. <laughs> this sounds like so now. This, this is what Vampire Weekend sounds like now. Yeah. If you listen to them, this is exactly what they sound uh-huh. like.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Did you like? Did
2: you listen to their new album? I haven't like disliked anything they put out yet. Huh? I haven't disliked anything they put really? out really. I like My uh wife loves modern vampires, I can't say I that like way. uh Modern Vampires a lot. I think that's
1: why I don't like like because she played it in her car so much and I got sick of it.
2: Yeah. The I, first I album like, the first album just makes me jealous that I didn't go to like college in Cape Cod. I know. I'm just like you
1: well, no, they were they were they were New York band wherever they
2: were. They it were makes York. it sound like they, they were, were just they were
1: upstate New York. They were like just Houston. on yachts
2: the whole time. That's yeah. the vibe I get from that. album. No, they were a total New York hipster yeah.
1: band. Like, they were all went to Columbia.
2: Yeah, they were all and they're all very super well, smart. Yeah, well, well-rounded musicians. Yeah,
1: no, this album like set the bar for like, and and we got so much backlash because it was so fucking good that people couldn't understand how somebody could make an album this good of their first their first go around yeah it was but like they the fuck are but these they, guys they had no stage
2: <laughs> presence when this album came out i they were but they were everything they was a good to show. The tea they put on a good show yeah but I've they heard. just stood there right and they got shit for that right and then i've seen them like this is like this could be off of paul simon's yeah uh, it was
1: very paul yeah, simon this
2: is so paul Simon. Yeah. With your Brynn's good on here. Oh, I love Brynn. Uh, Bryn, and Bryn. I see you, you walk into the campus. Campus, yeah. Yeah, that one's good. No, this whole album, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this album. This
1: is probably my favorite, though. I love Cape, Cape Cod, Kwasa Kwasa. Yeah. But they do the, I have a
2: live version of this somewhere, and it's like, it's so good. While we're going through it, I'm going to take a uh, another bathroom break, but if yeah, you yeah. want a good. Father John missed the intro. Hollywood cemeteries forever.
0: Is a banger for sure. Hollywood cemeteries forever.
1: Here it is. Spotify sessions. This is them live. Maybe it was an Apple one. I forget.
3: It's so catchy
1: nobody was at that time nobody had heard anything like this because right. Paul Simon was 40 years ago when he put out right. what was the name of the album um, I don't know the one that sounds just like this with all the African theme music uh, Paul S- Graceland Paul Simon's Graceland which is considered like one of the greatest produced albums ever made but like they stole that whole sound right. and then made it into like an indie album which is basically what this is <laughs> Yeah, I never listened.
0: I never listened much past um, Simon and Garfunkel with Paul Simon. Yeah, like I've really never listened to and any the of their stuff solo stuff, though. the him or art. Well, just as an update. Um, we've been going for about two hours. Have we really? Yeah, it's an hour and 52 minutes. I was minutes. just going to ask where are we at in time? Hour, It's hour, like hour and the longest podcast right ever. It's alright, we'll just have to talk about your new toys next uh, time or something. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Uh, That's it's nothing, it. nothing big. So what I got was, um, I was telling him before you got over here, was I got, remember last time I was using the little, uh, the FiO, um, digital audio player. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, run yeah. everything through the amplifier. Now I bought, a. Uh, so, five years ago, they came out with the Chromecast Audio. So that's a that's a digital that's a DAC that's a digital analog converter that giant thing. Uh-huh. So all that does is just take music from digital and transform it to analog. Right. But it's very expensive. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all it does. Yeah. But uh, it's coming out so like the music comes from my phone and then it's a Wi-Fi signal, not Bluetooth. So it's completely lossless. Uh, okay. So it comes from the Spotify or Tidal Streamer straight to this, Chromecast Audio, which they stopped making like last year. And they're like, you can get them now for like 50 or 60 bucks on eBay. Like they used to sell for like 35, 40, but they're like, they're disappearing. So people are, I, I bought three of them. So you can connect your, so if you buy a separate optical, so it used to be, it was USB powered, and then you would plug a, uh, normally it's an RCA analog out. So if you buy a special optical cable that plugs into it and then run the optical into the digital analog converter, it does the, the resampling and the, the analog signal, and then you run it into whatever you want. And this actually acts as a preamp as well if you want. It. Right. You can do both. <laughs> um, but I have that down here, and I have it upstairs in the living room, and it's like so much better. Because I can awesome. control everything through Google Home
0: right right so, right like
1: i have so it comes up on your google home i have a basin speaker and a living room speaker and you just pick whatever one and they're on two different wi-fi networks ah so like everything it's just oh. so seamless and it sounds so good <laughs> but that's that's, awesome. that, that's the new toy it wasn't
0: much no it's
1: but it makes streaming much it's it brings different uh flavor to the table as far as because bluetooth sucks I mean, it's a lot yeah, better than what it, it really used does. to be. Like nowadays, you can get a good Bluetooth signal, but when you hear stuff like straight line in, like oh, stuff yeah. that's not chopped up through Bluetooth, and then you hear Bluetooth next to each other, you can definitely hear you can hear a difference. Yeah, not yeah. as much as you used to be able to. But um, I try to. That's my goal is to try to get rid of fucking Bluetooth anywhere. So yeah. now I have three Bluetooth dax
0: that are sitting around that I have nothing to do. with. <laughs> eBay, send them back out into the wild.
2: Yeah, we're going to sit on those for a couple months with the value go up a little bit. We're we're going to ship them out. (laughs) Right, right.
1: But I still those Bluetooth DACs. So, like, it's a digital analog converter and a Bluetooth receiver in one. So, basically, it takes your... uh, I don't know if I have one down here right now. It takes your Bluetooth signal from your phone, amplifies it, and is a digital analog converter at the same time. So, it has RCA outs to whatever you want to plug it into, like power speakers or an amplifier or whatever. Like, I have one running up in the garage right now. Um, and it's pretty awesome. It's way it's better than the Bluetooth that is on that amplifier. So like it's like if you it's like anything else. If you buy stuff separate, that's a specialized piece of equipment, it's going to mm-hmm. perform better than one of those all in one right systems. Better than like what a built in DAC is going to do as as opposed to an external DAC. Where like you know what I mean? That's why when you when you buy when guys used to buy components like big high end stereo systems, they would buy a separate preamp and then an amplifier and then a receiver, you know what I mean? And then they had the turntables. It was like four different racks of shit right. to make one awesome network. Whereas you buy a receiver that does everything now. So it's like it does fucking Bluetooth. It does Chrome. Like it's just, now you got, everybody wants all in one because people want simple. Right, like right. most consumers, especially now, they want everything to be simple.
0: Yeah, there's less dedicated space even for for media. And space, you know, it's with, huge when you had a when you had a bookshelf full of records, it didn't matter. Right, that there was a huge rack system. Right, on the bookshelf. you would build it, you would make space. But yeah, now you're like minimal. Not you, but you know, right, most people, right, minimalist with the setup. So, yeah. but there, it's Get cool to it you can do package. that now. Like now in this day and
1: age, like you can have either or. Like you can spend the money and buy like upstairs in the living room like i have separates <laughs> but you know you could still you can buy something like this for 170 bucks i think this little amplifier and this drives 40 watts a channel so on a desktop like that's what's driving these speakers right now and it's
3: it gets and it great. gets loud yeah it's it fucking loud dude
0: all right well yeah let's um let's wrap it up Thanks for being here, Frank. Thanks yeah, for having me. It was thanks a good for time. Yeah, by, I was going to say, thanks for having me back, too. Yeah. I say thanks for being here like it's my place. But this is only my second time in the sand cave, too. So next time.